send one of theirs to the morgue. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. A paradigm shift. Uh, me? I would never. Yeah. I would never <laughs> bug you. Never. That's not me. What the fuck? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Kick <laughs> <laughs> uh, off, baby. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another installment of Missing the Marks. My name is Nate. Season two, baby. Buddy. Oh, yeah, we're on season two, right? This is season two. This is the kickoff episode, of season two. Uh, no, nah, this is episode two, baby. Last week, we we decided post-recording to make that one season two, episode one, for some reason. So this is episode two of season two. Oh, well, yeah, welcome to season two, about an episode late. But anyway, uh, my name is Nate. This is Kyle. Uh, welcome to Missing, back to Missing the Marks, a podcast where two best friends uh, talk about everything in wrestling. We kind of focus mainly on AEW Dynamite because that happens to be our favorite promotion right now. Uh, but we also focus on Indies, New Japan, uh, WWE, and everything under the sun. Uh, as always, you can find all of our episodes across every streaming platform from Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. Uh, YouTube exclusively has all the interviews, and we got three up with Brooke Havoc. Every bro and Griff Garrison, oh, Chip Garrison. I'm sorry, excuse me there. But before we get started, uh, I just kind of want to say a couple of words. Uh, you know, wrestling is, uh, you know, we, it's a lot of theater, it's a lot of theatrics. But what these people do in the ring is real. Uh, some of the hits they take, the bumps they take, you know, it might be pre-scripted or whatever, but we don't care because we love it either way. But the the shit that they do in the ring is 100% real. Those are they're, they're real athletes. They take care of the bodies, the way they manage themselves, and everything they do under the sun. Once they get in the wrestling ring, and we never want to see uh, a wrestler get hurt or injured. And unfortunately, that happened. Accidents happen, and you know, no one should be giving Ridge Holland any shit for the incident that happened in the belly to belly suplex against Big E, which unfortunately Big E broke his neck in a freak accident. And it just like it happens. It, it sucks, and you know. It's shitty, but we just want to wish both of them, as well as everyone else out there, uh, you know, the best when it comes to safety and recovery and everything under the sun. So, Biggie, Ridge Allen, we, we hope that y'all come back both stronger from this, and we hope we would love to see y'all in the ring again. And please, no one be giving Ridge Holland any shit for that, 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 what happened. He doesn't deserve that. It was just an accident. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, thankfully it doesn't sound like Biggie's going to be out too too long or um maybe you know the fortunate thing is that he had a lot of movement in his digits and it was having able to have a strength so it looks like he's just going to be in knee brace for a couple months and hopefully like miro he can make a full recovery or uh uh tanahashi but man that was that was so scary seeing that happen so um maybe yeah, this, yeah. this, is, this one's for you buddy yeah you i mean man this or not <laughs> he uh i think i think he said his uh his first and sixth uh his first and sixth one were were fractured no breaks no surgery required so i mean it could have been a lot worse and thankful that it is what it is and he'll like you said hopefully be on the road to a good recovery but i mean speaking of injuries i mean daniel brian danielson just talked about this you know you know him with a history of concussions and being on the bench for so long he said that he's been shifting his style uh to to mirror that of minoru suzuki the one of the kings and gods of japan and uh, his wrestling style to to kind of you know add some longevity to his career. And he talked about how frugal he is with money as as a person, but he sees you know like LeBron James and Tom Brady spending millions of dollars to to help their body stay in tip top shape. So, like Nathan said, they're all athletes and they all do 
what they can to protect their bodies and it's a it's a it's a it's a scary game and accidents do unfortunately happen in this in this rough world of professional wrestling yeah but so you know big ups to Big E and rich holland um we big wish fans y'all of both, them big yeah, fans of them we, we both wish y'all the best and we love to see y'all both back in the ring uh pretty soon here but um kyle on to some uh brighter news uh you want to tell everyone the big event happening in, that just happened in your life right now congrats by the way buddy I I I need you to introduce me every week as the engaged one because ladies and gentlemen I have officially become engaged to my girlfriend uh my my lovely girlfriend Annie uh, I won't throw her last name out there soon to be Salas though soon to be Salas that's cool um, your fiance it's not your girlfriend anymore oh my yeah my fiance now it's it's listen it's still getting uh, weird to say yeah. it it's still I'm gonna keep, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep you honest buddy <laughs> I'm gonna keep you honest. it's an adjustment period but yeah no uh we got engaged. This was a long time coming. Um, I can peel the curtain back a little bit on this because I, I was actually planning uh, to have some things in the work for AEW Dynamite this uh, coming Wednesday in San Antonio. I, I, I talked to the venue. They hooked me up with uh, getting my info over to AEW and Tony Khan. Um, I was sending out DMs left and right, talking to people, uh, getting information, getting ideas. And my, my dream was going to be, like, get a small little tour of the ring, hopefully, before the show. Uh, unfortunately, AEW did get back to me, and they said they couldn't do this. It's it's kind of a safety thing. Um, they said we don't do that anymore. So sorry. But they, they wish me well on the engagement and hope me and my fiance had a beautiful wedding in the future. So that was really cool of them when they didn't have to give me a response at all, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, I am engaged. Uh, very much looking forward to spending the rest of my life. Uh, with my lovely fiance now, I got it that time. Nailed it. Uh, very, very excited and and scary, terrifying, but uh, just very much looking forward to the rest of my life with her. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, man, I'm very happy for you, buddy. Uh, you know, I've known you for a long time. I've known you. Oh your, God, you've known me through like my shittiest years. Yeah, so you know, I'm glad. I'm glad this is gonna have a happy ending. And you know, I've met Annie, and she's cool. You know, awesome girl. Made an honest man out of me. She mm-hmm. did it. Uh, no <laughs> more. Maybe no they tried. <laughs> but, yeah, man. So shout out to you, man. Uh, looking forward to the to the wedding, whatever you do, whether it's a backyard wedding or wedding at a big church. You got to take Catholicism classes. I don't know what you're going to do. Or if you have a 15-minute wedding where you're like, hey, we just want to go home and be with our dogs and just get this over with. Whatever you do, uh, you know, I, I'm wishing you the best with that, man. Oh, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, we're – uh knowing us we're probably gonna do something small but we're gonna want to throw a little party so all of our friends and family can show up and we can all just celebrate a big day as 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 one big loving little cavalcade of people i'm uh we're it's still a long ways long ways away to think about but we're gonna enjoy the engagement for as long as we can and uh see it because i mean fucking weddings are expensive but they're also kind of a hassle you know what i mean like mm-hmm. have you ever gotten a wedding invitation where where you were a hundred percent in there has to be at least a little bit of it like fuck like this is going to be traveling this is going to be getting a tux it's it's fucking no one is a hundred percent all in on getting invited to weddings it's it's inconvenient if to, to at least somebody in the grand scheme of things it's never it, like you're happy for the person of course but come on like weddings suck at, at, at the end of the day weddings are a big commitment yeah, man, and this, I I got two weddings I'm I'm standing in coming up this year, so uh, my 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 schedule's per, my schedule this year is pretty much revolving around that. But you know, they're two some of my best friends in the world, so 
you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. You do what you got to do, you know, for the people you love. I mean, goddamn, like, there's always that one party that wants to bitch about it behind closed doors. <laughs> well, you know, just, uh, just don't, you know, if you, whatever, whatever you, whatever, whenever you schedule your wedding, that, that's your business, whatever's convenient for you and stuff. But I will complain about it if it's like at 2.30 on a freaking work day. Because I, have to, <laughs> I Dog, have to get off. I've been to so many Mexican traditional Catholic weddings. And my God, it's an all-day affair. Those, oh. those, those are the ones where like seven-year-old Kyle wanted to gouge his eyes out. Those no, are, don't, don't get me started on those kind of no. weddings. I got a lot to say, but I'll tell you in private. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Let's, God. Let's, uh, I want to talk about something because something happened this past week and you texted me about it in, in, in a frenzy. I've never felt like I've never seen like rabbit Nathan come across through text messages, but, but I felt it here. And I, I, you said you'd explain on the podcast. Cause again, I, we could talk about this during the week when we're not recording, but it's better to record. I mean, it's, it's for the content. So I, I just need to know why why did you text me hashtag retcon the last trilogy explain all of this to me oh my god okay this is gonna be this my, i'm gonna try to keep this short but the more i talk about it the more angry i'm gonna get so this might turn into a three-hour affair because i this is a mix of rage this is a mix of passion this is a mix of disappointment uh if you, if you don't know and i'm pretty sure you do know the, the trailer for star wars kenobi came out this week i'm a huge let me, no 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 let we'll let you what let you what <laughs> let, 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 let me just read off the, the first three text messages you sent me okay this was wednesday 2 47 p.m that new kenobi trailer is so fucking good 2 48 mere seconds later in all caps but it exists in the fucking third trilogy fuck the podcast and fuck wrestling <laughs> Like I said, this is this is raging. Okay, I'm, the moratorium. I'm declaring a moratorium right now. You're not talking, uh, so I'm done. You have the Shut floor. Up. You have the Shut floor, up. ladies and gentlemen. Nathan's villain origin story. Thank you. Okay, so let me let me let me let me. Oof. Oh God, dang it. So. The Kenobi trailer came out this week, right? And be, be me, right? I'm sitting there. I'm so happy because it's so good. That trailer is so amazing because it is like the love child of everything that I loved about the original two trilogies led by this generation's like George Lucas since they gave it up to Disney who so far besides outside of John Farvo and Dave Fatoni has decided just, you know what? Uh, more shitty toys for the toy line with, with crap. We don't care about story. We don't care about character development. We just want to make uh, red stormtroopers so we can market them as more toys. And when they don't sell, they take up stock bins all over the yard sales and all these stupid dump uh, toy trucks and everything. <laughs> I, I'm getting incoherent here. But basically, what my, what my problem is with Kenobi is that the trailer is so good. And it reminds me how good Star Wars can be. But what bothers me the most is that everything now especially within the realm of the Skywalker saga, because this is the Skywalker saga, whether regardless it's the old trilogy, the prequel trilogy, or the new trilogy, it's all one saga now, according to Disney canon. So no matter what, if I watch Kenobi and I enjoy the hell out of it, I can't separate the fact that it's still tied to the sequel trilogy that was complete and utter garbage. 
I don't care. I, I, I can't grasp why people defend it. It is garbage. It is stupid. It is the brainchild of two idiots trying to play tug of war with our, with my childhood. You know, J.J. Abrams was like, hey, you know what? I'm just going to reverse everything that uh, they did in the first trilogy where we're making new characters. And, uh, the, 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 the. and Ryan Johnson, he did that Breaking Bad episode really good, but I don't even know where the hell he was coming off from. And he just he took J.J. If you're going to write a trilogy, if you're going to write a story, a, a long multi-arc story, you have one writer or a team of writers who have this to tell the same consistent narrative. Warcraft, Blizzard, Disney. Okay? That's what Final... You, you want a you coherent storytelling? Y'all need to hire the writers from Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy IV, uh, the MMO. Or just get a bunch of passionate Star Wars people who understand the lore, who appreciate it, who tell a coherent story from end to end. Dave Fatoni, John Farvo, they need to be in charge of Star Wars, just like Kevin Feige is in Star Wars. I butchered his last name, I don't care. If he, like, just see, he's in charge of Marvel <laughs> and, you know, making everything coherent story, like multi-arcs, you know, branching off things. Because Star Wars is trying to do that, but no matter what, it, 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 it's like this. It's, it's, it, it's like this. It's like, I, I'm giving you a salad, and you love salad. God, we all love salad. Salad's healthy. It's good. You can add bacon. You can add whatever dressing you want but guess what this, you want to know what the sequel trilogy is it's a dick it's a dick in your salad and you can eat all around the dick but there's still a dick in your salad the, the rest <laughs> the salad around the dick might taste good and it might taste great but there's still a dick in that salad and that's what the sequel trilogy is no disrespect to any of the actresses or actors or whoever and the people that 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 flame that uh the the rose the character played rose are stupid y'all are dumb shut up that, that was horrible what y'all did to that woman. And I would never condone that. No one should ever condone that. It's just a fantasy. It's just Star Wars and stuff like that. I'm passionate too, but I'm not going to go and, you know, attack people online about that. I'm just going to rant to y'all about why I think the new trilogy is garbage and why it doesn't belong and why it should be retcon. And it's nothing against the actors or actresses. It's just bad booking. That's a consistent theme on this podcast. We never attack performers or actors or actresses or, or pro wrestlers or anybody we don't attack people we attack the bad booking because that's what it always comes down to is bad booking kenobi that trailer was so good you get the sith inquisitors you get kenobi you, you get the the duel between obi-wan and, and Darth and Darth vader again and then like you have david tony and, and john farber who've created such a masterful universe within with inside star wars with, with with rebels with clone wars with the bad batch and even Boba Fett, I haven't checked out Boba Fett, but it looks pretty good. And I hear good things about it, The Mandalorian. But it still has to somehow tie into the third trilogy, which was butt cheeks. It sucked. I, I, I'm not apologizing for it. It sucked. The first one, The Force Awakens, had us had some hope. Was it, was it a lot like the first actual Star Wars episode? Yeah, sure, but it left a lot of good plot lines. It left a lot of good plot lines to build off of. And you had the Knights of Ren, you had Kylo Ren. The first scene he comes out and he literally holds... A, a phaser from a stormtrooper with his hand with using the force that's an attention getter and i'm like okay we're getting more useful with the fort like we're seeing the force power we're starting to see all that come incorporated and stuff yeah you had ray and blah 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 and all this other stuff and they kind of move along and get the adventure going i could deal with that was it the best no but when you tell overarching narrative it starts to pick up the pieces but they didn't do that then ryan johnson comes because jj abrams directed the first one and he completely says Fuck this, this is the way we're, we're going. You went left, I'm going right. He throws up everything in The Force Awakens and decides, you know what? I I, I want to go this way. And then he did everything that way. He basically said, uh, you know, the, the hype around Snoke was like, no, fuck Snoke. Snoke. Snoke's dead. 
Uh, Ray's parents? No, they're nobodies. They're garbage. Get them out of here. Uh, Finn dealing with the stormtrooper uh, PTSD and potentially becoming an orphan child who could use the force and who's, who's force sense. Trash. Get out of here. All, all, uh, Luke, he's he's traumatized when he literally beat the Dark Lord of the goddamn universe, the biggest bad ever in Star Wars, and he's traumatized by low Kylo Ren. Trash. Garbage. Get out of here. Trash. All of it's dumb. And there was some glimmer of hope in the, in the second movie. In, in between the, the 98% of garbage that it was, you had a glimmer of hope. Which was Kylo Ren being set up to be the final villain instead of, you know, the Dark Lord behind a scheme. No, it's just Kylo Ren destroying the Dark Lord and be like, nah, I'm the Dark Lord now. What's up, boy? There's so, the, 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 the rule of two where the apprentice eventually takes over and becomes the big bad instead of the master killing the apprentice. Good. That was okay. I, I, I could have gone with it. You know, Kylo Ren's just, he's like... That speech he gave where he was like, for the Jedi Order, the Sith, they're both, he basically said they're both garbage, they're both inadequate. I want to take us in a new direction. I could go with that. Let's roll with that for a little bit. You did a shitty job of, of everything else, but it, maybe if you tie up the ending pretty good, we could get it good. No, nope. This is like, ugh, Ryan Johnson screwed us up beyond belief. Get J.J. Abrams back in, and J.J. Abrams like, you went right? Okay, I'm pulling us back left. Here, Palpatine. Uh, let's bring out Palpatine, and I'm going to do this thing where uh, instead of, you know, it being raised instead of being at the light force user the the the, 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 the freaking skywalker it's gonna be my granddaughter killing me and blah 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 dumb trash <laughs> there's a great video essay by a channel named Vito, who does a good breakdown of why the force why the the, the last jedi the last star wars movie i'm ever gonna pay for again and uh <laughs> the the rise of skywalker are really crappy movies go watch those videos and they did they, they really get into the weeds of why the star wars strategy sucks and when i was walking out of the theater after the last year i was thinking almost many of the same thing i don't care about the the forced sjw stuff or whatever you know he's trying to say i don't care about anything whatever that's dumb like, I, that, that doesn't really apply to me i don't really care about the diversity or anything because reputation is important as long as the booking's good and the booking sucked it was trash it was garbage and, 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 and you know stop I can't enjoy Star Wars anymore, and within the start, within the time frame of the Star Wars saga or the Skywalker saga, because it all ties back to that crap. It ties back to that badly booked sequel trilogy, and it just, it just gets me so mad because it's like we could have had a good sequel trilogy, but y'all screwed it so hard. Y'all fucked it so hard. It's, n it's nine months pregnant by proxy, and now I'm pissed. And, and now I'm just. I I'm ranting for like 20 minutes about why Star Wars is trash incoherently and somehow I'm, I'm trying to make this into a ramble thought but yeah I'm getting put on the spot and it's just coming out as angry nonsense dartboard crap but you know it, it just it, it really it really irks me because Star Wars is so good within the hands of John Forvo and Dave Tony and if they had laid out a plan of where they wanted to go and take all these characters from beginning to end before they even started shooting anything or just let Dave Fatoni and John Farvo uh, take the reins because they obviously know how to plan and how to write stories instead of giving it to J.J. Abrams who his big thing is all there's going to be he, he's this generation's M. Night Shyamalan is it all at the end of everything it's all it's a twist it's a twist instead of Spock dying it's going to be Kirk that dies in the new Star Trek instead of uh you know What's the stupid thing he and he's you know the only twist there's no twist in the sequel trilogy he just fucked it he just screwed it up that was a twist he twisted the franchise into oblivion and killed it and then yeah I mean just what else can I say man I love Star Wars I just 
Give me the old Republic. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna watch Kenobi because I'm a Kenobi simp. I love that man. I love Ewan McGregor, and I I love Rebels. I love Clone Wars, but I just I I, I pretend that the new trilogy doesn't exist, and Star Wars makes sense again to me. And until Disney admits its mistake and retcons the new trilogy, <laughs> I'm calling for a boycott on the new trilogy. Because the new trilogy is garbage, it's trash, and there's nothing you could really say to convince me otherwise. Again, the Star Wars what? won't be fixed until the new trilogy is is retcon and Disney comes out the press conferences and says, "Yeah, we screwed up. That we this wasn't the way we wanted to be. I get you know we just wanted to sell you toys. We don't care about the IP. We don't care about a bunch of passionate telling great stories. We just want to sell more toys. That's it. And until they can admit that to me." And say, you know what, you know what, we're gonna make, we're, we're gonna make a good trilogy. Don't, don't worry about this trilogy. It's gone. It's dead. We don't talk about it anymore. It's, uh, yeah, it's done. Throw it, and burn it, trash it. Here's a new trilogy, written by Dave Fatoni and uh, John Farvel that you know rewrites everything. I'll be happy. I'm calling on a boycott of the new Star Wars trilogy because it's garbage. And John Farvel and uh, Dave Fatoni, Fatoni, that guy. Be put in charge of uh, all Star Wars related material and Disney just give them all when when they come in the office and says I need a billion dollars to make a Star Wars movie good you give it to them you sign the check you won't even ask you won't even you won't even ask what the fucking money's for you just give them the check you cut the check I don't I don't need your input Mr. Shareholder Mr. Billion Dollar Owner I just need you to sign the check because I got this I'll put the team on my back though that's what that's the kind of attitude I need from Disney and I need them to, to, to boycott that, that shitty seat. And that, that's it. That's it. Oh, my God. I'm, I was crying during that. <laughs> when you said you want Disney, a multi-billion dollar monopoly at this point, to apologize to you. <laughs> Look, if the, if, the same, if, the, if like the same 20 people on Twitter can complain enough and get big companies to do this and that, you know, why can't I do it, you know? <laughs> the same doofuses so, on Twitter that bitch about everything. So, so I, so I got a few notes here. So one, I've always believed that it's always about the journey, not the destination. Why are you gonna let the Why are you gonna let the sequel trilogy ruin everything that's coming out? What's that about? I I didn't let I I, I and that's so weird to me. Like Game of Thrones ending sucks, but am I gonna enjoy the ride? Yeah. How does the sequel trilogy ruin good things that, for you? That, that logic is so fucking stupid because Ow. it's like, it's like, hey, you know, I'm gonna make a roller coaster, but at the end, I'm gonna drop you in lava. But I enjoyed the ride, but you're dead. You're fucking, you, you got killed. It, it killed you. It's a TV it show. Lava. It dropped, I'm not but dying. It dropped, I'm, I'm mentally, I'm dying. Spiritually, <laughs> I'm dying. It dropped me in lava. It dropped, it dropped my, my boyhood, fantasy, my boyhood, childhood of looking up to these characters and, and it fucked them. It fucking destroyed all these characters. It destroyed the arcs. You sound like all the... uh, Okay, so this is going to be a look into what I love. Because I love Ghostbusters. You sound like those dorks that were crying about Ghostbusters when they announced the all-female one. As if they were destroying having fucking book burnings for the original Ghostbusters. Like, it still exists. Your original Star Wars still exists. Like, they're, they're 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 not being burned at the steps of churches. What the fuck does that have to do with anything? I'm not complaining about the... Like, you know, that guy Vito was complaining about, like, you know, 
like forced representation and diversity, whatever. That's his that's his can of worms that people are complaining about an all female cast. I don't care. I don't care if they said, hey, the new Star Wars is gonna have nothing but females for the rest of time, and you're gonna be not the point I'm making. No, that's the like no, shut up. Let me talk. If they said they want to <laughs> do an all-male female cast Star Wars movie, cool. I support it hundred percent. Make the story good, make it a good movie. If it sucks, I'm gonna trash it. I'm not gonna trash the actors. Oh, for sure. I'm gonna trash the movie. I'm not. That's I'm not. We, I'm not angry that that Star Wars is gonna. Or I, I wouldn't give a shit if they said that uh, all female cast or all this cast, all that cast, or the, the hell they even uh, revived all that. I would love to have that sitcom show back. Have <laughs> sitcom show back. Let's get show back. What I'm saying that's is, not, like, I don't. That's I don't not what care. I'm saying. I, I don't care what you do or who you cast or if it's all female, if it's this, if it's that, if it's purple, if it's green, if it's all Legos. As long as it's good, that's all. It's, give the give the franchise. But, don't insult my intelligence with bad booking. That's all I ask. But, but even if it's not good, the good thing still exists. It's not canceling out the good thing you already have. But it taints it. You 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 like I, I how you, you add a dick to my salad. There's no dick. In, throw the dick out. The star <laughs> in the context of Star Wars, you can throw this dick out. No, in the context of Star Wars. Part one to part nine is one saga. It is one long story. If the ending sucks, why do I care about the rest of it? Yeah, I enjoyed reading up to there, but if you don't stick the landing, then it ruins it for me. It, it, it ruins in, it. In it, that it, context, it, it, the, the first three movies should ruin this whole this. The first three movies no, are dicks in your salad. You, don't you fucking talk shit about the pre trilogies. Oh, oh, you oh, love the fan. Do you love the tax federation laws that they talk about for like two thirds of that fucking movie? I Nothing love the happens world in that movie. I love the world Nothing, building. Listen to me. This is Daddy's turn to talk. The engaged one's time to talk. Nothing happens in the first movie that's of relevance that you couldn't. With three lines of dialogue in the scroll of the first actual movie, nothing. None of these characters are any fucking different than they were at the start of the movie. Obi Wan still doesn't fucking want to do anything. Qui Gon told him, just like he did at the beginning. He didn't want to do any of that. No, this that first movie is so fucking pointless. It's it, it, it's it's a nothing movie. Shorten that down to three sentences, and you have the Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace is awful. The Clone Wars, the second movie, sucks. The second movie does nothing to progress these characters. It's a lot of tell, don't show, and you need some fucking show in there, which George Lucas doesn't do because he's a shit-ass director. Fight me on that one too, motherfucker. The Star Wars Episode Three is only saving grace is that we've spent enough time with these people that we want to to believe because there's nothing there of substance we want to believe that they mean every word when obi-wan kenobi says you were my brother no he fucking wasn't he doesn't like you for more than like 90 percent of the clone wars movies he barely fucking knows you in the phantom menace they're on screen together for about 20 minutes in in revenge of the sith before they fight at the end i want to believe them so i have to suspend my disbelief because i want these characters to actually give a shit about each other when the the writing on the wall doesn't give you shit to work with nathan the prequel movies are awful if you defend them fuck you you don't like star wars you like you like moments of star wars you don't like star wars because the original trilogy is star wars fuck you what she have just said is one of the most idiotic things i've ever heard in my entire life at no How? point in anything that you have said did you make any rational sense that what 
that anything that you had said could be considered a complete rational thought. I am now dumber for having listened to you. And don't I don't mean mommy. I don't know don't if I'll be able to walk on me. my bed and fall asleep properly because of how dumb my brain is right now because having don't, listened to you. Don't copy pasta me. Have an original thought, you schmuck. You you don't have an original thought. Nothing you said was original. It was stupid. It was dumb. I wipe my ass. I flush it down the toilet. That has more thought. That has more thought put into it than what you just said right now. I think you're just upset because there's more substance in the sequel trilogy than the prequel trilogy. Hot take. Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie. What the fuck? Get off your fucking dumbass fucking... Empire Strikes Back? No. Mid. You have such a... You're on a brain-dead horse right now running into the town square, and everybody in the village is like, here comes the village dumbass again with his stupid fucking takes. Look at you. You're so fucking stupid, you couldn't pour piss out of a boot if I put the instructions on the bottom. That's how I feel listening to your fucking prequel rant of uh, dumb shit of fucking stupid. (laughs) It was dumb. It was dumb as hell. Okay. How, like okay. that, the first movie does so good at world building. Mm, magnifico. And then when Darth mm, Maul comes out. Mm, I love tax laws. I love it? tax laws as much as the next child watching this movie. Yeah, but then you get pod racing. There's a little bit for everything. And it all makes sense. And it's all good. I, I, we Okay, it's obvious me and you got to have a longer conversation about this. Because we actually, I don't know how much time we've taken up right now, but... We, we're, we're about 30 minutes into the podcast, and, and so far, no wrestling, just me being engaged and ranting about Star Wars. <laughs> we might have a separate episode about Star Wars, and I'm going to really break we'll, down why we'll, the we'll prequel trilogy we'll is put better out, than... If, the, if, if the demand is there, we'll put out a supplemental episode the, the, all the about prequel, our rant, the Mark's the, talking the, the about prequel, Star Wars. The prequel trilogy is better than the, the original trilogy. Fight me. What the fuck? That has to be the most. No. That has to be the most. I grew up with the prequels, so I think they're good movies because those aren't good movies in the slightest. Phantom Menace didn't come out to 2001. I grew up watching Star Wars before then. My mom was a big Harrison Ford fan, and you know, my dad likes Carrie Fisher, but they were were watching Star Wars. I was watching, I grew up on Indiana Jones. I grew up on Star Wars. I grew up on the first three movies. We used to watch them every Christmas and everything like that. So, no. I grew up on the original trilogy, and then I was blessed with the new trilogy because my parents don't took say me to blessed. That fucking schmuck. Nah, we 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 were blessed, baby. What did you love? What did you love about Attack of the Clones, dude? The whole Coliseum, the whole battle. Shut the, the fuck! <laughs> shut the fuck up! The oh Cal my Duke god! Christopher Lee. Oh my the god! Where he awkward? Where he awkwardly points his fingers? Be hitting Boba Fett or uh, Jango Fett and be like, "What's up, boy?" Yeah, okay. Because that was so built up and he was such a credible threat. There's no tension in any of these movies. It's not a good movie. It's it's all about setting up for the fall of Anakin Skywalker, dude. Like his fall from grace, the tragic hero of Anakin falling. There's no tragedy. He's never he's just always just a shithead. (laughs) There's there's never been a moment in Star Wars. In the prequel trilogy, where Anakin is a is is a heroic hero, he's always a sniveling little bitch. He's always crying until he gets his fucking way, and he cries all the way until he slaughters Jedi because he was corrupted by Palpatine. There's literally no substance of a fall from grace because he's always just a whiny little bitch. 
He's just there's no there's no heroic arc where he goes through his training like Luke did on Dagobah and then he gets he gets he gets slighted at the tempt like the temptation of going to face face Vader alone. There's none of that. You want to talk about a fall? Look at Luke Skywalker in Episode Five, motherfucker. His little bitch ass dad didn't have anything. His little bitch ass dad was gifted everything because he was somehow a pilot even though he was a slave to fucking Watto who is the best character in all of Star Wars I'll fight you on that one motherfucker uh Anakin doesn't do anything of substance to prove he's a hero all he does is bitch he he basically forces this girl to be in love with him because he's such a little bitch and he's such a simp there he does nothing of heroic merit he, he gains nothing to make you believe that he's fallen from grace the way you talk about him, the way you're sucking him off. There's, no, there's nothing. There's nothing there, you idiot. Battle of Genesis. Uh, he's fighting against <laughs> Count Dooku. Pod racing. I mean, oh, there's, there's oh a lot where, where he starts dual-wielding for two seconds and then he fucking loses? Yeah, he, what a heroic okay, battle. Okay, because Count Dooku is one of the best duelists in Star Wars history. Go look that oh, up. Oh, yeah, they set that up so well. They didn't make me have to go read a Wikipedia Dark, Dark to find Tyrannus. out that he is. All the guidebooks that came with the movie, because back then we didn't really have the internet. We just had fucking comic books still. And you know, this is like going on 40 minutes. <laughs> no, because I want, because because you are so, you are just exposing yourself for the stupidest little prequel mark I've ever met. You're the guy who thought WCW was going to be the next grand thing in the world. That's what you are. You're just believing that the prequels are the best thing ever. They are. They are the best yeah, hours oh ever. Just, you got me the world, fucked up. The world building, the character building, music, special effects, everything was can, great, man. Can we all agree? Revenge, Revenge of the Sith can, is the best hours movie. Can we Star. both agree on one thing before we move on to wrestling? Yes. Can we agree? Nuts. Can we agree that when Harrison Ford looks at Carrie Fisher as he's about to be lowered? to be encased in carbonite, and she says, I love you, and he says, I know. Can we agree that's the best line in this entire franchise? No. What the fuck? What, what's yours? Oh, now this is pirate scene. Is that yours? Huh? Dude, you pop and you pop a slimo. Fuck you, you piece of shit. Nah, him, I hate, nah, I hate doing this podcast. You know what my favorite line is? Is, fuck, is the Gungans. <laughs> like, people are listening to me motorboat like a Gungan on a God Take podcast. It makes so, me feel yeah. that I talked it. What the fuck is the language on, on Tatooine? You pop and you pop a slimo. That's the. That's. Oh, God. That was a dumb movie. That first one sucks. Fuck anyway, you. we. That, again, this is probably going to be another episode. I guess we could talk about Star Wars a lot. We'll go through each movie and we'll do missing the marks in review, and we'll we'll watch every movie and review them and rank them. Prequel trilogy is gonna be up there, dude. Never tell Shut me the up. odds. Okay, see, yeah, from a good from a good trilogy. Thank you, thank Not you. That. Did you like Solo? I fucking hated Solo. I never saw it, but I did like Rogue One. You you want to you want to know the worst part about Solo, Nathan? I'll tell you right here. Do you care about spoilers for Solo? I I heard that like Lando fucked his robot or something, or those implied yeah, relationship was destroyed. That's true, but they 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 give you a reason that his name is Han Solo in this movie. They say he's he's boarding a cruiser and he's by himself, and the guy checking him in is like, "You ride?" He's like, "What's your first name?" And he's like, "Han." And he's like, "What's your what's your family name?" He's like, "I don't got one." And the guy looks him up and down. He's like, "You're traveling alone." 
I'll call you Solo, Han Solo. They had to fucking give us a reason that his fucking awesome never, name was Han Okay, Solo. I never saw the movie, but that's that's Disney's dumb writing. That's bad booking. That's Thank bad you. Booking. And by the way, by the way, going back to the prequel trilogy, Qui-Gon Jinn is the GOAT. Okay, he was the first Shut great the Jedi. He, no, he was the Shut one that the knew. He was up. the one oh that knew God. the Jedi Order was full of shit. And that the way that they were going, the, the, the whole prequel trilogy is about the imbalance in the Force because it is too imbalanced towards the light. They needed the darkness. They needed the Sith to come back and fuck shit up and expose the Jedi for how arrogant they were. And Anakin was a product and the perfect manifestation of everything that was wrong with the Jedi Order. That's why it's so good because it's just you're you're good attributing it's good you're booking. attributing so much EU and wiki shit. Like if you watch just the movies, you gain none of this from any of that. Qui Gon Jinn's just some random fucker who dies in the context of the first uh, movie. Because, okay, I'm a, I'm a paraphrase Qui Gon Jinn right now. Just because you can speak doesn't make you smart. So shut up. I uh, before we move on, I do want to give the biggest of shout outs to one Gary Witta who uh, co-wrote uh, Rogue One. He hosts. Uh, one of the best podcasts out there for video games. It's the kind of funny games daily. Go listen to that if you're uh, big into gaming. And like I said, he co-wrote and developed the story for Rogue One. So big shout out to Gary Witta. Big fan of that guy. I, I bet you, I bet you loves the prequel trilogies more. Shut the fuck up. Okay, <laughs> we're on. I, okay, you want to talk about more bad booking? Let's go to WWE for a little bit. We talked about the injury from Biggie. Wish him well. But one of the best wrestlers in the world, who was recently. Uh, moved to from NXT UK to NXT here in the states. Uh, he got caught up to the main roster as as many NXT stars do, and you know these NXT stars are normally very tenured wrestlers wrestling the independent scene. Uh, this man captured titles in the UK. Uh, was the bruiserweight was one of the best technical wrestlers, one of the best brawlers. I love the spots he does where he breaks their fingers, and his name is fucking Butch. So, do that's with that his, what that, you will. Yeah, that's uh, that's WWE. That's Disney booking. That's prequel. That that sequel trilogy booking. More like prequel trilogy booking. You fuck. No, no. no. But Pete Dunn, one of yeah, one of the done, best wrestlers. Right. One of the, yeah, he's definitely done. Uh, I mean, if anyone can get the name over, he can. But goddamn, like, you know, why you send this guy up to bush. fail? Yeah. Why you send this guy up to fail? Like, and. And, and that, that, biggest... that, 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 again, that's the whole thing. Insulting my intelligence. That's what the new prequel trilogies do. And this is what WWE does. They insult my intelligence. It's like, you know I watched NXT for like four or five years and seen this guy wrestle on and off. Like, are you telling me I don't, wa I don't watch your own product? Like, really? are you that out of touch? Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're not done because we're going to be talking about more dumbass headlines, especially oh, with WrestleMania right around the corner. Know. What, what what are you doing over there? You good? No, I'm pissed. <laughs> why, why does it sound like you're walking away from your computer? I have to turn away because I, I'm just... <laughs> I like the dramatic effect. But yeah, uh, if you don't know Pete Dunne, uh, go watch all of his matches in NXT. His uh, NXT title match against Adam Cole was so good. That's pretty funny because uh, in, a, in a different timeline, that would have been Butch versus Budge. So... Uh, that's goddamn. I, I, I don't get why they want to set these guys up to fail with these awful name changes, but he's, he's teaming people, with Rich people, Holland. And people give Dark Order, or they give, uh, John Silver shit for being like, why are you, like, 
Uh, the Butch name is so stupid. WWE we never do anything like that. Oh, that guy, he's Butch. Yeah, I mean, God. Uh, yeah, we talk about this every fucking week. It feels like, but goddamn, WWE will keep on WWEing things. Uh, go go watch all of Pete Dunne's matches because they're they're amazing. He's such a good worker, but he's teaming with Rich Holland and Sheamus now, and uh, I I bet all of those shit posters on Squared Circle Jerk are talking about how he looks like. A, a fucking dumb midget next to them and that's why his name deserves to be budge it'll be funny let it play out i'm sure all those awful stupid takes are gonna be coming out of the woodshed but god wrestling fans can be insufferable but i okay, digress star wars fans after when people listen to this <laughs> podcast like, god these star wars fans are insufferable nope. yeah i know the guys who fucking want to suck up the fucking prequel trilogy are the worst but <sighs> anyway moving on let's go on to impact because uh, Bullet Club has been laying down the law, and that's been pretty cool. I've, I've, I've been loving seeing Bullet Club draw the lines within their own club. You know, you have Jay White leading the charge here in Impact uh, with, with Chris Bay and the Good Brothers, uh, drawing the battle lines uh, and, and making sure everyone in Japan and the Bullet Club over there knows, you know, you're either with Jay White and as with him as the leader of the Bullet Club, or there's going to be some changes when Jay White eventually gets his way back over to Japan. Um, this past week, they actually set up, um, you know, uh, at Sacrifice, excuse me, let me backtrack even a little bit more, uh, Jay White took on Alex Shelley, his former mentor, uh, and, and defeated, defeated Alex Shelley, uh, I believe with the help of the Bullet Club, but he forgets that Alex Shelley has a tag team partner in Chris Sabin, and Motor City Machine Guns is coming back for the first time since December of 2020 to take on Chris Bay and Jay White of the Bullet Club, so... Things are heating up. Things are heating up in in, in Impact. I kind of wish the Bullet Club drama could make it its way over to AEW, but I can see why they want to keep it over in Impact to boost their ratings. So I know Impact has a has a lot more to gain from working with the Forbidden Door than AEW at this point. Because AEW's, man, they're firing all cylinders. When we get to Dynamite later, whoo, we got a lot to talk about. But uh, what do you think? I know you love you you love Jay White. You love the the villain, the bad guy. Uh, like we're we're just setting up a lot of pieces for the eventual Super Show of New Japan, AEW, and Impact. And Jay White's gonna be the big bad of all of that. I I have that feeling, man. I, I just, he's he's the Thanos. He's he's that he, he he he's got on record on, on like so many interviews saying that he that that that's what he's trying to do is make Bullet Club like peak how it was in like 2017, 2018 era. Where it was like the hottest selling T-shirt, a hot topic, and you couldn't go a corner without seeing a Bullet Club shirt. And I believe they can no doubt do that, especially with how interconnected everything is outside of AEW, outside of WWE. I I hope they can. I mean, we talked about Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor a couple episodes ago, but he's uh been confirmed for being in charge of the booking for the Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor. I hope uh, he doesn't stretch going... himself thin. By the way, I feel like yeah, he, yeah, he, he, you should hire a booker for that. Yeah, I mean, it, whether that be Cody, like a lot of people want, um, he can fuck off for all I care. But yeah, I really hope Tony Khan doesn't stretch himself too thin. I know he's, I'm sure if anybody asked him about it, he's, he he could be confident in his ability. Because, I mean, he's done very well with AEW and all of its, and it's four shows at this point. Uh, I'm not too sure how much AEW Dark and Dark Elevation get booked by Tony. But, I mean, you're stretching yourself across four shows, you know, your special dynamites that you load up throughout the year. You got four pay-per-views throughout the year. Uh, and with Ring of Honor, I hope he's not going to stretch himself thin. And I hope we don't see a decline of booking as a result of that. But 
that's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out as soon as uh, Ring of Honor starts going pretty soon in the next few months. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Kenny Omega, man. God, do I miss me Kenny Omega. Uh, they On Twitter, uh, someone had talked about that uh, Kenny Omega and New Japan fans, uh, they, they chose him as Naito's best match from the G1 back in the day. Uh, Kenny Omega uh, re- uh, retweeted this and said, I take the utmost pride in being so many athletes' best match. The list is enormous. What matters to me most, though, is that when we fought in the G1 finals, I lost. I wanted to defeat him again on a big stage. Uh, man, if you've never seen a Naito and Kenny Omega match, these guys were just made for each other. The, they, they wrestled the G1 finals. They wrestled in the G1 blocks, the New Japan Cup. Uh, countless, countless tag battles with... Bullet Club versus Los Ingobernables de Japón. Kenny, Kenny wants to wrestle Naito again, and man, I really hope, I really hope we can get more than what we're just fantasy booking with AEWX New Japan shows. I really, I really, I mean, there's so many people I want Kenny to wrestle against from Japan again, but there's also so many tag matches and dream matches from from the top stars of New Japan. I, I just don't want to work myself into a shoot here with 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 fantasy book and all this stuff. I know, man, but it's so exciting, dude. We've got all these options on the table and everyone's hyping it up. And now, now that, like, oh, you've had these crossovers events and stuff, it's just COVID, COVID's starting to wind down, man. Like, I feel like the next couple of years are really going to be something. I mean, here in, here in the state, I guess that's inconsiderate of me to say, um, <laughs> considering we're in a Western state, that's full, almost pretty much all vaccinated and stuff like that. And there's other countries who aren't as fortunate. However, and stuff like that. But that being said, um, you got you got I other countries I, banning their vaccines being exported to other countries because they don't condemn yeah, Russia. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Me and you are not. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely not qualified. We're not qualified to speak on those. Yeah, we're not qualified to speak on those stuff. That doesn't mean we can't talk about it in private. But we should probably <laughs> use this platform to talk a little bit more responsibility responsible. You, uh, you're the one saying that. we beat COVID, motherfucker. I, I, I'm saying that. Shut up. Stop putting me in the corner. <laughs> talking about we beat COVID. Talking about the prequel trilogy doesn't suck. You got look, a lot I'm, of bad I, look, I, I, look, dude, I'm not Vince coming out the day after 9-11 thinking I saved the country. Okay, shut up. You can, uh, you can be Mark Wahlberg. Remember how he apologized that he wasn't on the plane that got hijacked? You can be like Mark Wahlberg. Did he really do Anything. that? Yeah, dude, he <laughs> he came out and he said, I, I think this had to be a few years after 9-11. And he, he's apologized for it since, but still, he he said that he wishes he was on that flight that got hijacked because he wouldn't have been a pussy and he would have fought those terrorists. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, that's a, man, that's a that bad insult. That guy's a dumbass, dude. That guy is, oh, God. There's a lot of things I can say about Marky Mark. I'm not. Let's get on to Dynamite, baby. We've been, uh, this was a, uh, a loaded show, to say the least. We were already expecting a big episode, and now we had Star Wars on top of this. Man, it's gonna be, I, 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 I think two and a half hours after we're all, after it's all said and done. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get, let's get into it, baby. Uh, all right. I'm uh, going to kick us off here. Let me do the honors, okay? Yeah, 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 for sure. Hit it off, baby. So AW kicks off with Chris Jericho addressing Eddie Kingston. So Chris Jericho comes out and talks about how he's, you know, angry with himself because he wanted to apologize to Eddie Kingston. There was just something bothering him that he couldn't do it. And so he basically he, he, he starts prepping up. He, 
Jericho is such a master at putting people over, but also getting his point across and also conveying a story and pushing it forward. So he puts over Eddie Kingston in a big way, gives him as best of a rub as you can. And then Eddie Kingston comes out and talks about how uh, man, it was a little bit heavy, man. But he talks about how people came to him and told him, I didn't ki kill myself because I read your Players Tribune article. And I'm not saying I'm one of those people, but his article touched me in, in a really, really genuine way because I struggle with a lot of things that he struggles where, you know, sometimes you feel like you don't deserve things because you have that love-hate relationship with yourself, whether it's due to past traumas or just mental illness or whatever the case may be. So this is why he's one of my favorite – this is why he's my favorite wrestler right now. But he basically cut a heartfelt promo explaining, you know, how he didn't want to let those people down. He didn't do it for anyone else but those people who – you know, look up to him in that kind of way. And, you know, him and Jericho end up shaking hands. And then Chris Jericho comes out as the freaking heel that he is, that he's been setting himself up to be. That, you know, this is where people like Kyle, Mr. People Trilogies are trash, need to shut the fuck up. Because, again, good booking, long-term storytelling, setting things up, world building. Jericho reminds everybody why he's the GOAT. And he comes out. And he, you know, turns out he aligned it with 2.0. And then you start to see the inner circle implode because 2.0 comes out to attack Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho. But they're pulling their punches when they're attacking Chris Jericho. And then basically Chris Jericho does the big old heel turn, starts beating the crap out of Eddie Kingston. Santana Ortiz come out to make the save. And then... Uh, You're missing it. You fucking... I have all the notes written for you. I had everything written in order. You're doing everything out of order. What are you doing? Uh, shut up. Shut up. I'm talking. You don't, you don't, don't no, Santana Ortiz came we in to we help. Don't got a, we don't got agendas. He's got points for making the cross here. Okay? Son of a, I do all this work as the producer of this show, and you just shit on me. You just shit on all my work. That, that's God how damn. I feel about you with the prequels. Listen, Santana Ortiz coming out for the save just to be turned by Chris on by Chris Jericho was the biggest part, and you missed that. You just steamrolled over that. Well, I'm Never talking. Appreciated I'm on the roll. I Never appreciate here. my work. Keep going. Yeah, shut up. And then and then Hager came out, and then he aligns. I, I hate this name, dude. The Jericho Appreciation Society. You could do better than that. Come on. And then they end up powerbombing Kingston from the apron to the floor, leaving the inner circle in tatters. Sammy Guevara was notably missing from this, but I don't really think he needs to really come back and circle back with this. This is kind of more personal blood feud between Proud and Faro, Eddie, and then, you know, the – I was calling Jass, you know, the, the Starfleet. I got a couple of notes about this whole segment. It was awesome. We, we were texting about this. We normally texted like the first half of Dynamite, and then I'll normally piddle off and just watch it with my girlfriend. Not fiance. God damn. There I go. I go dropping yeah. it again. But uh like that power bomb, it, that looks so I was so nervous ready. Oh man, man that, was... that was such a fucking fall. Jake Hager's like six two or something. And he I threw it from the I, yeah. apron to the floor. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what really happened with that powerbomb spot, but I think Daniel Garcia had some really good instincts and kind of like helped in a way pick him up and make sure Eddie landed safely and stuff. So, and that kid's gonna be something, dude. That kid's already something. Oh yeah, I mean, God, like you said, he's already something. But I, I, I tell Nathan that I, I, I wholeheartedly still believe this. Looking back on it, this was the first amazing thing Chris Jericho has done in a hot minute. It's, it's been. Uh, it's been a while since he's done something to remind everybody, like, this is why he's the guy that you always look to when you're when you're talking about people reinventing themselves in wrestling. Um, 
I, I didn't like anything at the start of the Santana Ortiz and Chris Jericho feud. I didn't like himself calling himself the influencer trying to get that over. Uh, I, I, I've never liked him on commentary, if, we, if we're going back even more. The, the last thing that I really liked that Chris Jericho did had to be maybe... Fuck, I can't even... What, what, what did he do after the, the Orange Cassidy feud? What did he do after that? Like, I'm, I'm, um, I'm Mimosa Mayhem feud. Uh, yeah, I love that. That was, was awesome. That, was that Pineapple Pete? After yes. The, he was yes. kind of doing comedy to Chris Jericho, like, you know, fun, fun Chris Jericho. Not really serious heel Chris Jericho. Like, it, it's, it's been so long since Chris Jericho did something I was wholly invested in. And, and this is one of them. It, it, it has to do with aligning himself with 2.0 and Daniel Garcia and how that's going to work out for him because... Him and Daniel Garcia have two almost polar opposite in-ring styles. So I'm excited to see what Daniel Garcia, if this is like a mentorship kind of thing, um, if, if he's just willing, to, if he's going to use, you know, Chris Jericho being Chris Jericho, using his status to get other people over the way he did when he first started the inner circle. I mean, so he, I, I'm I mean, really Chris Jericho, oh yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you. It's like, Chris Jericho's no, yeah. right when he says that being put in anything with Chris Jericho automatically puts you in that main event level because everyone exactly. knows Chris Jericho. It's it's why it's why he was booked as the first champion. It's why he was the biggest name announced during the during the big AEW Jacksonville little fucking like parking lot uh, celebration thing. It, it it's Chris Jericho. When Sammy Guevara was put into the inner circle at the beginning, people you know people can gravitate towards Sammy Guevara. I don't know if Sammy and this isn't a knock on Sammy Guevara and his abilities at all, but I don't know if Sammy Guevara would be this over as he is now if he wasn't immediately put into the inner circle on that first episode of Dynamite. No. I, I don't no, I don't know. No. AEW would not be AEW doesn't exist right now without Chris Jericho. Like yeah, he was like, he was like, one of the uh, biggest like, signings that they could ever make. Like he, Chris Jericho and I will die on his hill is the biggest wrestling uh the the best the best wrestler probably in the past 30 years. He's top five all time. I'll, I'll die on that hill right now. And he's probably, in terms of like longevity, in terms of uh, his career, he's probably had the best career out of any, any wrestler that I can name off the top of my head. I mean, this is a guy who's headlined the Tokyo Dome. Who's head, he, he's headlined and main evented in every promotion he's been in, won championships in every promotion he's been in, been that guy in every promotion he's been in. He's a draw. He reinvents himself. And to be going this long at what? He's already 50, 52? He's the GOAT. To me, he's the GOAT. Yeah, if, if this guy could come back and... Remember, do you remember back in the day when WWE was all we had when we were little babies, Nathan? When Chris Jericho came back as Y2J to feud with the then WWE champion Randy Orton? I was so fucking excited for that. Do you remember that promo? That was awesome. Dude, he was one of my favorite... He's one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. Him, Benoit, Eddie Guerrero. Like, every time they're in the ring, all the... Eh. Especially during the Hunter Hem... Hunter Hem... Hem Hunter Hemp Triple H is uh, Reign of Terror. <laughs> you dork. Yeah, Hunter I mean, Helsey, I mean, whatever the fuck. The guy who is the very first undisputed champion in WWE history. This guy, is, if there's a championship out there that's that's headlining a promotion, he's won it. Chris Jericho's the guy, and again, this is the first thing that's been a, in a long time that I'm very excited for. But we'll see how it plays out. I hope they change the name. Inner Circle 2.0 isn't a bad name. It's not the greatest name, but Jericho Appreciation Society is just a goddamn mouthful. But it gets you talking. I'll give it that. You remember it, even though it's fucking stupid and long. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah. I'd like I saw that Vince interview with Pat McAfee, and like that makes me understand him Vince so much more. Everything's branding. Like you, you go to WrestleMania, and you, oh, it's just WrestleMania, but you hear stupendous, and it's like, oh, makes you want to tune in. No, it just makes me shut. Just makes me want to turn. No, that that Pat McAfee interview was was great. Everything. It was, no, Pat- it was it was great, but like I understand his thought process so more and why yeah. WWE's crap so more because of that interview. I mean, he's a smart man. To be fair, like to, we don't like fair. anything that gets that gets booked over there. We don't like it, but I mean, he's not appealing to us. You know what I mean? He's not. Yeah, his, his yeah, target yeah. audience isn't you and me on this podcast. It's it's the kids. It's the moments. It's it's not it's not the long stories. It's the moments that WWE can do well because when they need to make a fucking video package to to highlight someone's journey that by happenstance came together without them, they can do it. Cause it, it, nobody does video packages like WWE. I'll give yeah, them that. I'll, I'll agree with that hundred percent. Their, their video packages and their documents, documentaries are really good. Like if the documentary, what like they did for like Yokozuna, man, that one was good. That was some if, good, good. If you go watch the, the, the best documentaries on WWE are the WWE 24 uh, go watch those. Go watch Finn Balor's documentary on there because it it, do- it documents uh, when he lost the Universal Title against uh, after he he suffered a shoulder injury all the way to his re debut. It was awesome. But we're we're on dynamite. Fuck WWE in every other context. Uh, <laughs> uh, the next match in AEW Dynamite was Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Championship against number two ranked Dante Martin, one half of Top Flight. Uh, I love this match because, as you know, I'm a little Dante Mark. Uh, everything he does is so amazing. I'm glad that, again, I talked about this last week, I think, but Dante has has really learned that less is more when it comes to big matches and storytelling within matches. Uh, he, he, this was his biggest match to date, I think, besides the the Kenny Omega match he had a few months back. And, man, Hangman is just the guy. He's the main event guy. He proved it against Adam Cole. He proved it against... Uh, defending against Dante Martin, uh, you know he pushes Dante off the top rope. He backflips back into the ring. Hangman hits a buckshot lariat for the one, two, three win. It was awesome. And what I love that this did, aside from giving me an awesome free world title match on AEW, was it concluded the story of Dante and Dante's single run since Darius, his brother, uh, has been injured. You know, if this was any other promotion, <laughs> WWE. They would have just put him back in the tag division. Uh, they they would have just put him back, and they would have been the the little baby face plucky underdog team. But they they AEW recognized that you know he got big wins. He was ranked number two in the rankings, and I know people don't like the rankings. I love that it's an easy kayfabe way to tell stories and show the the, the main event title picture. It's it's very easy for them. They can set up anything they want. It's all kayfabe. I get it. There's no numerical fucking there's no weight to any of these really it's all just for show so they can show what they needed to tell in their stories but i love that they recognize that and after the match hangman said you know uh, i'm sure we'll see each other again i can't wait to defend this title again against you um go go kill it in the tag division with your brother it was awesome and then adam cole comes out he this was the weirdest part for me but he calls hangman's win at revolution a fluke and that felt a little bit insulting to my intelligence. I've never felt that way about AEW, but that line really was like, that was weird. You know, that, that was the line that got me head scratching. Like, oh, why? No, it's not. It's not a fluke at all. But 
Uh, he comes out, challenges Paige to a six-man tag team next week at the St. Patrick's Day Smash uh, Dynamite. And this, of course, uh, feeds into more tension with the Dark Order. Uh, doesn't happen immediately after this, but they, inter- they are interviewing... Alex Marvez is interviewing Dark Order at the back. Uh, he says, has Hangman come to talk to you about the match? And uh, John Silver is very excited. He's like, oh, maybe it'll be me and Alex or Eva Luno and Stu. Uh, Hangman comes out and says, hey, uh, Jurassic Express, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus came at me. And they're like, hey, we want a shot at the Young Bucks again. So uh, can we tag with you? And he said, yes. Leading to tension with the Dark Order again. I love this because... Even though Hangman's the champ and he's found himself, doesn't automatically make him a great friend. I've been talking too long. Nathan, give me some of your thoughts on everything that went down. I'm, I'm conflicted, man. Like, I don't necessarily know where they're taking Hangman Adam Page's arc with the Dark Order. Like, why is he kind of, like, going back on not being a good friend? Like, are they trying to showcase that maybe Adam Page wasn't the, the, the anxiety-filled cowboy that we all come to love? And maybe, you know, at certain points... Well, we talked about this, right? He is... He is the asshole, but he make he made peace with that. But why is he going back to being the asshole again? You know, and treating his other friends like shit. Like I, what, I, 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 I'm kind of, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I love my cowboy. <laughs> what I think about all this and how how three dimensional this character is to me, and how much this character means to me, because if if any two wrestlers in this entire company mean the world to me, it's Eddie Kingston and Hangman Adam Page, because I can relate to a lot of them and a lot of the stories they're telling, but. I think with Hangman, he he's 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 moved on past being emotional when it comes to the Bucks, right? You know, he 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 said his piece to them, and he won the world title. He won the big one, but I think now he's he's in a quelled like in a calmed period where he can recognize like, you know, we we both weren't the best of friends to each other, so maybe he just misses the Bucks. I I immediately texted you, and I said pick the Bucks as your tag team partner because Adam Cole was being very heavy-handed about saying that the Bucks were going to team up against him to beat up on Hangman more. They're um, definitely setting they, up that 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 next arc. The exactly. Arc. And and ever since the, the full gear match where Hangman won the title off Kenny, the Bucks have always been, you know, distant from Hangman. And I think it's because they really want to believe they're the bad guys. They want to believe... Because they turned when Kenny kind of forced them to turn, you know what I mean? When, because mm-hmm. I mean, if you remember, he they teamed with John Moxley to take on Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers because they weren't totally behind Kenny being this 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 heel. So I mean, it's it's real complex, not black and white characters, good guy, bad guy. And I think that the Bucks and Hangman have a lot of thinking and self reflecting to do about friendship, and it, it feels like the entire world and theme of AEW is you know the elite and and friendships and hopefully when Kenny comes back maybe we can see more cracks in like the the heel facade they want to put up you know the the Air Jordans and the and the bling and the the mustaches maybe we can see more cracks in that and I I, I hope we can one day get the Bucks Kenny and and Hangman hugging in the ring again maybe throw Cody in there fuck it I don't give a shit I like Cody during the during his Ring of Honor elite stint, but I, I I think that's what we're building, and it'd be very interesting to see in the next few weeks how Hangman's built uh, with with the Bucks and not a, and the Dark Order as well. Yeah, I know. I I think it was Dave Meltzer that that mentioned that the long term five year arc was for the elite to get back together, and we're in year three already. So right, this is year three. 
Yeah. Time's yeah, time 2019. Flying. Yeah, I yeah, know, right? So, it's awesome. So I think we're going to start building towards that already. I, I really start, hope so. Start heading towards that direction. Yeah, like I said, I think we're in that period where they're all going to self-reflect a little, realize they all weren't at the best when all the tensions came ahead. They all handled it shittily. And, I mean, maybe, maybe Hangman's ultimate... You know, maybe the Dark Order was just his rebound, and that's all they can be. Maybe that gets them back to being heels. Who knows? I, I don't want that, but... I don't if, want that either. Because if, if you're going to have the Dark Order as heel, you need to have a believable person to fill Brody Lee's shoes, and that's just going to be a hard sell. And there's, yeah, and there's no one. There's just no... And maybe when negative one is older, but that's fucking 10, 15 plus years from now, but... Nah, not even that. He's like 30, He's like 10 years old, 11... He's like... <laughs> he'll be there. <laughs> Yeah, he'll get there. But, I mean, again, maybe the Dark Order was just his rebound. Maybe he needed them, but he can't have them uh, where, where, he, where he needs to be to be fulfilled. But I'm, I'm wax poetic in this. Let's, let's keep going on because in the coming weeks, we'll get more answers. And that's what I love about AEW. They always keep me coming back for more. Uh, the next match uh, featured the very first tag team match of a newly formed John Moxley and Brian Danielson taking on and defeating J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry. Uh, this was basically just a long squash match, but it showed how well these two fucking guys are, man. Man, Moxley and Danielson just, they can work any kind of style. Um, uh, Regal went on after the match, and man, what a fucking promo. What an Dude, emotional no, fucking promo. It got no, me teary-eyed. Yeah, I did too, though. It's, and it's been a night full of them, man. Like, Yeah. Just it, good we, fucking promos. Yeah, I mean, Regal talked about how he's not long for this world anymore. In in a few years' time, he's gonna be being pushed around by his wife in a in a chair. Uh, talked about how uh, Shivani it was the biggest influence in his life when he first got to the states, and he thanked him all his help. And man, it, it really hit me in a way I didn't think it would. But man, fucking William Regal is just—he's so treasure. good at everything. A exactly, a treasure. Uh, he did go a little bit long. He went on Twitter to say like. He's sorry. He should be a professional and respect the run of show. But man, every word he just said was magic. He called Danielson the perfect wrestler. Uh, he built up Moxley's need for violence. And he said that if you're not ready for this team in this tag team division, like you're going to get run over. And fuck, I can't, I can't wait to see more of this team because these guys are just two of the, the workhorses in the entire world of wrestling right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to see where they take this team because it's like, these dudes are so good as a, as a tag team, like, or these dudes are just two great singles competitors. Excuse me. They sh and like the way they're functioning, the hot old machine, like to combining both of them together, it's like Gogeta or, or Vegito. Like, they should be running rough shot all over the tag team division at this point. And it's like they, I don't know if you can make the case that they're going to be the next champions or not. I think there's other tag teams that are deserving of it, but I'm curious to see where this angle is going. Yeah, I really hope that it's not a rocket ship to the moon kind of thing. Really hope not. But again, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm enjoying the ride so far. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, moving on. Uh, Pack defeated Wheeler Yuta. This was a match that just kind of happened. Uh, you know, they, they, they said that they made this match. And in storyline, it makes sense. They made this match out of necessity because... Um, the the title match didn't take the whole 60 minute runoff that it was allotted so i get it it didn't really do much for me wheeler yuda's not even wrestling 
Pack or Death Triangle next week. We'll talk about that later, but this was just a match. It was fine. Uh, Pack showed that he's miles ahead above Yuta still, but again, it was a match. Uh, the next thing that happened was the AFO emergency meeting. Matt Hardy was apologizing to Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, apologizing to the whole Andrade Hardy family office. Uh, Andrade kicked him out. Uh, they jump him, all beating up on poor Matt Hardy, who hits music's hits, Darby Allen and Stings. That was unexpected on my end. Not gonna lie about that part. Yeah, that was. Uh, they, uh, I, I mean, it was, it was definitely a good cold, like a cold shoulder to try and get you off the trail. But we still got to where everybody was expecting, and uh, they, they get into the ring, start fighting. The Andrade family office get the upper hand, and who's fucking music hits the classic the original hardy boys theme song the one everybody knows. in middle school and high school were dancing to doing the thrusting hips and the weird hand thing and jeff hardy is now all elite runs in makes the save reunites with his brother matt hardy gives uh god was it the butcher i think it was one of them he gives someone a twist of fate Jeff Hardy hits the swanton, and one of the best pieces of storytelling I love from all this was the slack jaw look on Darby Allen's face. Like, this young like man, a kid looking at a toy store. <laughs> this young man has got to meet his heroes in wrestling, in Sting, and now Jeff Hardy, two of his probably biggest influences as well. So, I mean, man, Jeff Hardy's all elite. I felt kind of rushed for me, but I get it. It was always a matter of when, not if. Uh, the storytelling was just kind of thrown together just to get jeff hardy out there but he's here i'm excited i i feel like the next pay-per-view sh or the next big dynamite card should have jeff hardy the hardy boys versus sting and darby and hardy boys go it's definitely it's like definitely what they're building over to definitely yeah. uh i mean i'm mean, god can we just go back to darby because i love darby and i love everything darby does but he's so good at the, the, the minutiae of story yeah exactly of storytelling yeah, My it's like biggest, the prequel trilogies, man. Fucking shut the fuck up. I swear to God, I hate this podcast. Uh, one, one of my favorite things from Sting's debut at Winter's Coming, uh, almost going on two years ago, was uh, Dar uh, Sting comes out, makes a save. He saves Arn oh, Anderson, Cody Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes, as well as Darby Allen, And he goes into each corner where each of these men are, are, are down on their luck, getting uh, you know beaten up. And all of them have the, the look of fear in his face. He looks at Arn Anderson, who he has a long story with, long storied history. Uh, Arn Anderson looks with respect, but also, you know, a little bit of fear. Yeah, and he tells yeah. him, like, you back for more? Like, oh, shit. Yeah, I love it. Sting goes over to Dustin Rhodes, doesn't even get up off the floor. He's on his back on the floor, and, and he's fear-stricken. Uh, Sting goes over to Cody Rhodes, looks at him. Cody doesn't even want to look him in the eye. It feels like he he he's he's scared. And then he goes over to a young Darby Allen who picks himself up with one hand because he's beaten and 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 bruised and broken. And he looks Sting dead in the fucking eye. And I always get chills when I go back to rewatch this. It's so it's fucking so good. good. The music's in the it's... background. Shivani's marking out, and then Sting's just looking at Darby, sizing him up. Like, all right. And then and all and right. then Jr. 
or I like, it's so good. Mm -hmm. And and this was Darby being that good here because he's slack jawed looking at Jeff Hardy. And I can't wait for this the craziest stipulation in Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy in a in a who dies first match because that's gonna be fucking nuts. That match, is gonna, that match is gonna scare the shit out of me, and I think it's gonna scare the <laughs> shit out of Dark Samson in the back. He's gonna be having an aneurysm the whole match. Jeff Hardy's gonna do a fucking swanton from a crane to the apron. Darby Allen's gonna do a fucking he's gonna be like a Felix Baumgartner and do a fucking the goddamn coffin drop from the stratosphere. It's gonna be nuts. I'm very excited. I, I I love that the Hardy Boys are reunited for what feels like could be the very last run in their long and storied tag team career. It's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be a little bit. So, yeah, this is probably their last run, and then I would imagine they both go back to WWE. Did they get inducted to the Hall of Fame yet? Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, That's they'll probably go back for the question. they'll probably go back for their Hall of Fame induction and sign a legends contract and be done happy with it and good for them. Yeah, they they've they're like Chris Jericho, they're one of the tag teams that have done it all. The expedition mm -hmm. of gold, the reinventing of themselves. I mean Expedition. You gotta say it right. right. You gotta put it's like it's like it's like, <laughs> it's like you calling your girlfriend a fee, your your girlfriend. You gotta call her fiance. You gotta say expedition. My fiance. Your fiance. <laughs> I, I mean I mean I, I wonder how big of a moment this was for Sting and Jeff Hardy in the back, because I, I can't remember if they've been in the ring since that awful, awful pay-per-view match in, in TNA back in the day. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, the victory road. Yeah, I, I wonder if this was uh, a, a nice little you know reunion for them. I hope that they've been talking, but I can't remember how much they've interacted since. But, I mean, good on Jeff Hardy. I hope he's healthy and he's happy and... Very excited to see where they're going to go with creative for this because they can go a million different ways. They can bring back Brother Nero. They can bring back Willow. They can bring back Broken Matt Hardy. But knowing the Hardy Boys, they 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 might choose not to, and they might just reinvent themselves as the classic Hardy Boys. I'm very excited. Yeah, man. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> but can, can I? Yes. I know we still got a lot to get into aid with Dynamite and stuff. But honestly, this is probably the top one of the the best Dynamites we've ever seen in the past three years. Definitely like top five, and this is up there with like the oh. Arthur Ashe episode. Uh, this, Kane versus this, Pack. This this was this was like Fighter Fest night night one back in, at Cedar Park because that's one of the best dynamites ever, and I was at mm -hmm. that one. It was awesome. Um, this, this AEW really shows that they understand one not only go home shows the shows before a big pay per view, but the aftermath Fallout shows after a pay per view because this felt like. A, a season, a, a season two, like yeah, like exactly a reset, a soft reset, a, a bunch of new storylines being pushed out. I think I saw a graphic on on the AEW subreddit that showed how many featured wrestlers were on this week's Dynamite, and it had to be forty five plus people, and, and they all have new storylines. There's new dynamics, and they're so good. AEW is just so good at this shit. It's it's amazing. Yes, sir. And let's talk about the next segment that happened because this was oh. also good shit, which oh. was the Wardlow promo. And Wardlow comes out, and it's almost like finding out that Hook can really wrestle. And we have no doubt that these people are talented and stuff, but just when when you see something and when you hear it for the first time, or you, you, it's like when you first when you like I'll take like for example when I first saw John Wick, and you maybe you, you maybe it looks interesting, it has some potential. But then you actually sit down and start to watch and you realize 
this is a good fucking movie. Yeah. Not just I'm me personally, to but think I'm back. That was a good. That was such a good movie. But we're not gonna get into that right now. But Wardlow, <laughs> you know he's good. You've seen him in the ring, but you you don't. You know, he's never really talked and cut a promo. But that bit, he cut a pure white babyface promo, and he stumbled a little bit. But god dang, he had the crowd eating at the palm of his hands, and it was so good. He talked about his upbringing. He talked about how he 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 interlaced his real life and kayfabe where he talked about how he grew up poor with uh, a single mom and his two sisters and he wanted to become a pro wrestler to provide for them and provide a life for them and so he threw in a lot of with max who although treated him like shit paid him a lot of money and gave him a start so he was able to do that and he thanked them for giving him that opportunity but he still wasn't going to stand for the disrespect the threats and the physical violence that mjf was throwing at wardle and treating him like shit and now he's not he's not he's tired of fulfilling other people's dreams. Now he's going to use all that time and energy to fulfill his own dreams. And he gave a, a, a resounding babyface promo and basically said, AEW is now going to be known as Wardlow's world. And like Kyle has been saying since we started this, pro, this podcast, it's been his world. It's always been Wardlow's world. And we're just living in it. Kyle, what do you think? We're just living in it, baby. Oh my God. This is everything I've needed. I've loved him since Wrestle Circus in Austin. Wardlow is an amazing babyface, and I'm so glad everybody is finally going to get the chance to see it. I was so excited for this promo. My fiance was biting at every word he said during this promo. He's he's going to be on a rampage. And spoiler alert, I don't think he's going to win the TNT title next week. I don't week either. No, he's definitely not. MJF but is interfering. It's either I don't think it's gonna be MJF. I think MJF is gonna think he's so far above the war dog, he's gonna send in Sean Spears. You already have that tension from when he would steal the, the, the spotlight from him. And I think this is Wardlow's path to to going up up the ranks the way the way fucking John Wick did. You know, he's gonna be excommunicado right now, but he's gonna fucking make a goddamn war path. This is his first chance, and this is his this was his Batista moment. Back in the day when Batista was Evolution's little muscle pet, he broke off and challenged Triple H at WrestleMania 22, I believe. And and this was an amazing babyface turn. How, the best that you can do. WWE was firing on all, all cylinders back then. And this was Wardlow's Batista moment, but better. This man can talk. This man can wrestle. I loved every... He makes me believe that this big, tough man was being manipulated by the conniving, sniveling heel that MJF is. And and fuck, dude, I he's gonna be on a war path going up and going to get that MJF match. I hope uh, now that I know MJF isn't the immediate person right now and and in the immediate to take the title off Hangman, I hope MJF and Wardlow get a match at, at double or nothing. That'd be an amazing blow off match right there. Yeah, but God, do you, do you have do you have MJF lose two back to back major feuds? No, no, I, I I think Wardlow. This is Wardlow's first big loss. I think you build him up as, as 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 the as the big powerhouse going after the 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 baby fucking little shit heel. I think you have him win a good string of matches. You know, MJF has always made everyone go through the ringer before they get their hands on him. I think I think you you do the basic cut and paste on that. This is Wardlow's tribulations right here. He goes through it. He becomes even a, a bigger baby face, even with the loss of double or nothing. I could see that, yeah. I, I know for sure he's not winning the title because Scorpio Sky deserves oh, we'll, to go on a lengthy run. We'll get to Scorpio I, later. Oh, yeah, I, I love Scorpio. I, I, I want I want to see Scorpio. Like, 
with the with the Cody verse, and I'm uh, like I, lo- I like Cody, but I'm kind of glad it's gone right now. We could get some prestige back into the TNT tower because it's been thrown around. It's been WWE booked on and off really. It was starting to get into that territory for the past like three or four months. Yeah, uh, just I, just I, with after, the Cody I, and Sammy stuff. Yeah, after Miro's like I, I like Sammy, but he, he, his run was plagued by bad booking or bad questionable decisions. Miro honestly should have been a champion up to this point. Like, yeah, Miro, but I mean, like, how much of those neck issues play into it? You know what I mean? No, I don't care. He's he's God's fair champion. He can make it through. But anyway, I I but, hope Scorpio Sky has a good like he can. I hope Scorpio's like the TNT champion for the next like. Two two months, two like not even two months, like the next four months, four or five months. Take him all the way till September as a champ. Have yeah, him have I mean, like a six month reign. So so many TNT title reigns meant things. They meant so much. The Cody, even I'll, I'll give it to Cody. You know that his first run meant a lot. You know that's where you were bringing in indie wrestlers and they were getting their shots. Uh, it's unfortunate Cody's that four, yeah, Mr. Cody Lee's. It, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is, and. You know, he's always going to be the, one of the most prestigious TNT title holders. Darby's. Darby's amazing fucking TNT title run. I, I've shown my friends who are slowly getting into wrestling all of his defenses from that run. All nine of them. He holds the record still. Just a just a little fun tidbit for nine defenses of the TNT championship. That Those were amazing matches. He had an amazing match against um, uh, Jungle Boy. He had one as well against Scorpio Sky, who's the current TNT champion. He had one against, uh, fuck. Oh, Muscle Man. It wasn't, uh, Brian Cage. And that was an amazing one, too. I mean, the, the TNT title is so amazing. And I, I, like you said, I hope Scorpio is the guy to bring back prestige to it. Because we'll talk about it later, but Scorpio deserves it. And he's earned it. And I'm very happy with the decision to finally put the belt on him. Um... Also, after this Wardlow promo, we did see even further implosion of the Pinnacle because in a backstage segment, and I'm going to say it, this was out of left field and kind of rushed, but it is what it is. I'll take it. FTR fired Tully Blanchard. Uh, Randomly, the whole thing about, you know, family, uh, I guess he's Vin Diesel now. Uh, No, from, from from my understanding, they were doing a callback to... And I never knew this, but I saw it on Reddit. A callback to like a Four Horsemen bit where Tully was basically saying the same things. I think Arn and an Arn got, I think it was O Arn and an Arn Anderson got pissed at him and said, "Hey, you're fired." And you know that that left to them going to their own devices and stuff. So I think it was a callback to that kind of storyline they did back then. I don't know what's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, but you can't just do that randomly, you know. You it, it did come just, out of it... left field for me too. It's definitely not a, a setup the way Punk did for using AFI as his, as his entrance again, that revolution. It's nothing like that. It, it was just so random. And God, I know. My AFI on my Spotify has been fucking blowing up. I, I forgot how much I, I liked AFI back in the day. Dark <laughs> that guy, so they call my camera singing it. Oh, I... I I bet you he was like twenty years oh, old. Oh, that dude, that, the Giga Chad. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, dude. he was probably like the happiest dude in that arena, man. And I felt this happiness bleed through my TV. He was one oh. of the six people who knew every lyric to that song, and he he got to sing them. That's so awesome. No one, no one okay, I'm done singing. <laughs> so good. Let's move on because the next man, what a stacked show. If we're being honest, three title matches. This was the second one. Jurassic Express defeated the Acclaim for the AEW Tag Team titles. This was their best encounter of both of the teams. The Acclaim really showed out. 
They show that they're going to be main event players in the tag team division for years to come. They're they're so goddamn charismatic. I love my yeah, my fiance started off fucking hating them to the point when they were outside of our show for Fighter Fest uh, two years ago, almost at this point, or a year and a half ago at this point. She was like, like rolling her eyes. She hated it. But now every time their anthem hits, I'm always looking at her and she'll go, hey, yo. <laughs> and I love it. Dude, I can't, so the, I, I can't wait for next week. I, I, I can't wait for the rap next week, dude. <laughs> I, I make her do the scissor thing with me all the time. It's so fucking funny. <laughs> it's great. The, 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 and again, this is, this is a testament to AEW building their natural homegrown stars. Nathan, if you look at the roster... And if you look at their champions and the number one contenders, they are mainly all AEW homegrown or they've been used on AEW to be built up. And it's so fucking amazing. It's such an amazing time to live in where this, this promotion either A, again, builds up this person from the ground up like Britt Baker, like Jade Cargill, or they've given them the platform to really elevate them, themselves like Hangman Adam Page, Jurassic Express, and Scorpio Sky. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts when you really think about it. But hey, good booking. So, oh, it's so good. Booking, dude. Like I said, Jurassic Express defeated the acclaim to defend their titles. <laughs> I like how you part through that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna power through you now, baby. I ain't giving you my time of day. You ain't gonna infect me with this. But like I said, Jurassic Express defended the tag team titles. Uh they are proving that they are probably the most perfect tag champs right now because with most of the, the contenders being heels. They're really playing the, the the role of being the people to chase after. And uh, I was a little iffy about if it was too soon for them to be tag champs. But lo and behold, they've proved me wrong. And I I, I wouldn't have it any other fucking way. I, I really like how JR has been kind of hammering the point that a lot of teams go for Jungle Boy. And that's a strategy to basically beat him down before Luchasaurus can come and clean house on you. And I feel like at some point that's going to come to fruition when they lose the titles. Is someone's finally going to get the best of Jungle Boy. And they're gonna pin him clean, and Luchasaurus won't be able to get there in time. Like he's the fight's gonna run out, and he's just gonna be out outgunned. And oh man, it's so good. The, the seeds, man, the good booking, the nuances. This is why we love what we love, dude. I love, I love we, everything. We, we love what we love, baby. <laughs> Moving on, you had a AEW Women's Championship Eliminator match. I have a lot of conflicting feelings about this match, but. The number one ranked Thunya Rosa took on number two ranked Layla Hirsch with the winner getting a match against Britt Baker this coming week at St. Patrick's Day Smash. Uh, the match was, it was okay. No, I have no strong or like positive or negative feelings towards it. It happened. Uh, Thunder Rosa won. Tony Schiavone announced that uh, it would actually be a cage match stipulation, which I believe everybody and their mothers was was predicting after Brit went over at Revolution, but I know you have some thoughts. What do you got? Uh, like I'm just glad the match is finally happening. It's a steel cage match. I feel like they could have just done that at the pay per view and give her the win, and like they did with all out the Young Bucks. And we, it, it could have been a lot more simpler. They kind of overcomplicated it a little bit, and you could have set up Layla Hurst to be Thunder Rosa's actual first challenger coming off the win of uh, Chris Statlander and stuff. But right. like you know, it muddied it up a little bit, but. You know, I'm just glad we're here. And it, shout out, to, shout out to Layla Hirsch for putting on a good match. She's 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 damn good in the ring, man. And 
you know, I'm I'm excited to see where I'm excited. We get the hometown win and pop. Yeah. Cool. I'm still going to mark out no matter what, but I just, and wish, you it, know. It, it could have just been a timing issue. You know, maybe the weeks just didn't line up to where, uh, you know, Thunder Rosa wasn't going to be able to win at the pay-per-view. And it's, I mean, as long as it's not happening so long down the line where it feel like it'd be cheap, I'm fine with. Do I like immediate rematches in AEW? Not too much because they've hammered home the fact that when you get a rematch, it's because you built yourself back up and it means something that like when Darby Allen took on Cody Rhodes again for the TNT title, you know, they, they, you build up rematches and rematches mean something. So I'm not saying Thunder Rosa hasn't earned this. She definitely has. I've loved Thunder Rosa since her indie days in GCW and everything she's doing in warrior wrestling. Uh, it just, it feels, it's so weird that they had to go through this muddled, uh, storyline to get to where we, we need to be. And, and, and like you said, I'm going to pop, I'm going to mark, uh, Thunder Rosa actually reached back out to me, uh, after I emailed her, uh, regarding, you know, my proposal idea, uh, and, God, I'm just I I am a little fanboy for, and I I'm wait, excited wait, to see her win. What did she say? Day. You never told me that. Oh yeah, no, she 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 said the same thing. You know, unfortunately, like we're not allowed to do that anymore. Uh, it's a safety. It's a it's a security and safety thing, and I I totally respect that. So no hard feelings, but um, she said you know enjoy the show. Wishes to you and your new bride to be. So uh, big shout out to Thunder Rosa for just like I mean even just getting back to me. I was La I was Mera, Mera, let's go. Oh, I know, I love her, dude. 210 is going to be so fucking loud when she gets that one, two, three win in that cage. It's going to be great. Dude, dude, Express News took out a front page ad on her, I think, from what she posted on her Instagram. So, damn, it's so badass, dude. Like, I I, I hope I hope she's at the parade. If you, they, they give her a goddamn float on the Fiesta Parade. It's coming up. She better be leading that. She she better be the honorary uh, Rafael or whatever. The, get something. Get, get Miss we're Fiesta. Gonna, we're we're going to have two very big parades, Nathan. One for Thunder Rosa the the pride of san antonio in the wrestling world and also the pride of the nba's most winningest coach in nba history baby greg, Pop, baby. greg popovich by the oh way oh my people, god by, by the way by the way if y'all don't know in san antonio every spring like around march or april we celebrate something called fiesta which is basically a celebration of the city celebration of you know everyone just comes out at parties and there's a lot of intricate memes you know the west side come out and it's just obliterates all the cores light everywhere and stuff but it's basically san antonio celebrating uh you know this time of year and then celebrating our you know, hispanic community and everything under the sun we're just celebrating san antonio and it's a really big thing here like the school shut down we have two big parades like the we have a big night parade that's actually probably i think it's like the world record for the biggest night parade in the world that happens at night or at least in the states and stuff but anyway whole week of san antonio just partying so, you know, there's food, there's drinks, diets don't matter, get it out of here. So I'm dieting up until that point, and that week it's Chile City, and then I get back on my diet. You know, by the way, I'm, I'm get, down 15 pounds, baby. Four weeks, 15 get, pounds. Oh, hell yeah, dog. I'm I'm proud of you. Look at you. A lot of people can't mm -hmm. commit. I'm proud of you for doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, put, put Thunder Rosa and put Greg Popovich on, on two of the biggest floats for that night parade, because my God, San Antonio is awesome. I love, I miss the culture so much. Fun fact, I have played um, in the Night Parade both in high school band, but also uh, in a rock band for a cover. That was awesome. Thank yeah, shout, out to, shout out to that. Back yeah, in the me day. and Kyle used to uh, march in the parades because uh, we went where the high school we went to. High school uh, marching fun band times. Stuff, so. Yeah, no, Night Parades were, were fun and badass, so we, were, we love those. Put, 
put th- put a statue of Thunder Rosa and put a statue of Greg Popovich, uh, a la Batman at the end of The Dark Knight Rises. Put a statue just in the middle of town. I need them. Yeah, and then you know what? Put that guy, uh, Bjorns, just Bjorns, because he used to run on my local TV, and I miss, <laughs> <laughs> I miss that guy. <laughs> oh, all right. Main event of AEW Dynamite. We saw Scorpio Sky defeating Sammy Guevara for the TNT Championship. Sammy Guevara needs to stop doing these fucking bumps, man. My God, that 450. This no, it was a 630. That 630 hit to the outside on the table, like. God damn, dude. I felt the wind knock out of my system from that. Sammy dude, is... that was... I don't know if that was a planned spot or not. Just to, it like, had to be. Picture, it picture. had to be. But, dude, I, I thought he was legit injured. Like, that was bad, man. Like, holy crap. That was a Rodney Dangerfield jump off the diving board with the 360 he did into the pool. I, but instead of, like, landing gracefully, just obliterated God, he just crashed him. Dude, I, I do agree with the sentiment that... AEW needs to stop doing the the ref's discretion and giving them like you know fucking five minutes to to recover and get back into the ring. I I agree with that, but I mean fuck this fucking bomb, dude. He needs to stop. He's been doing six thirties. He did six thirty off to Darby Allen at Revolution about two years ago. He's been doing jumps off tables. He jumped off at Revolution this past Sunday with Mark Quinn, and fuck, dude, like. I hope he's going to get a, at least a week or two to recuperate. They did acknowledge, you know, Ty Conti and Sammy Guevara dating on television. So this leads me to believe that they're getting the scraps of Cody teaming up with his wife to take on American Top Team. Because at the end of the, or towards the end of the match, uh, a newly signed uh, Paige Van Zant uh, attacks Ty Conti. Uh, Scorpio Sky gets the, gets the pin and the win for the TNT title. Uh, Paige Van Zandt gets in the ring, signs her contract on top of an unconscious Ty Conti, and it feels like they're setting up. Like I said, I think they're getting the scraps of the Cody and Brandy story because it felt like that's where they were heading. You know, with that weirdly racially charged feeling promo <laughs> when Dan Lambert wanted to hit Brandy. That was fucking nuts. I still can't believe that was a thing that happened. But uh, I, I think they're getting the scraps of that storyline. I, I, what, 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 what do you got? I, I, Nothing against Brandy or Cody, but I, I I just rather see Tay Conti go against Paige Van Zandt. I think that'd be a way better matchup and match. Yeah, you were you were telling me like, you know, uh, Ty Conti has Brazilian Jiu Jitsu background. Mm-hmm. Paige Van Zandt has MMA and bare knuckle boxing experience. So hopefully, it feels more shoot style. Um, I don't know how much actual experience uh, Paige Van Zandt has in a professional wrestling setting, but. Uh, normally mixed martial artists can always make an easy transition into professional wrestling. So we'll see, we'll see where the storyline goes. I'm not exactly hot on it. Uh, but I mean, I, it is what it I, is, I, I guess. I think Paige Van Zandt can bring a lot of eyes and she's definitely future chat material. Uh, I feel like she's going to have a pretty good debut and take Conti is the perfect lead in for her way better than Brandy would have been like, no disrespect. To oh, Brandy. for sure. That would be too much work for Paige Van Zandt to carry Brandy. Yeah. To match in, in my eyes. Like, I'm, I'm sure the promos would be, would be all right, but I, I I'd rather see a great wrestling wrestling match. <laughs> all right. Well, that's dynamite down. We're almost two hours into this fucking episode. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <that>, <laughs> Oh man, I mean, fuck. I mean, I mean, and you know what? Hey, I'm gonna give us some props here. Not a lot of fat to trim off this episode either. We've been uh, 
We've been getting into a good groove about 24 episodes in. Look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. Big brain, dude. You know you know what the best thing is? I've been doing this I've been doing this whole podcast playing Elden Ring. Son of a bitch. Of course you were. At least you're not watching the prequel trilogy. That would have pissed me off more. Oh no, I got it on my phone right now. I'm watching the <laughs> Shut up. Uh let's do some quick notes of AEW Rampage. Uh Darby Allen took on Mark Quinn in the opening contest of Rampage. What a little side note. I love that they've been airing the uh entrances on youtube because as soon as rampage starts it's already in the ring bell rings as soon as the intro starts playing so very good on them to fit four matches into an hour long slot uh darby reminding everybody that he's so technically well he countered quinn's shooting star press into a fujiwara armbar for the win the andrade family office came out to try and jump thing and darby but they were hounded off by the hardy boys Fishnets and all, showing the nips. I loved it. Super old school style. Uh, the second match, the female women's match of Rampage. Jamie Hayter defeated Mercedes Martinez. Uh, Hayter is going to be a fucking star, bro. During this match, I thought, put her and Britt in the finals of the women's Owen Cup tournament. You know, I think that'd be an easy storyline sell. Hey, Jamie Hayter getting tired of the doctor. Put them in the finals and let Jamie Hayter be the star that she is. Let her go over. Yeah, I think it's Jamie Hader's time to like start shining and stuff. I love I love Britt Baker and I, lo- I you know I love the run that she did, but let's pay it forward a little bit. And Britt, Britt, I'm I'm sure you'll find something something coming up soon. But yeah, let's let's have Hader get into the Owen Cup and yeah, that's coming up soon. May shoot soon in a couple months. But yeah, this is Jamie Hader's time, baby. The summer Hader. Oh, <laughs> I love Jamie Hader. I love her mm-hmm. so much. She's she's great. Uh, one gripe I I had with this was Thunder Rosa made the save, um, after the heels won with interference, of course, and they jumped Mercedes Martinez again. Uh, Britt Baker did hire Mercedes Martinez to take out Thunder Rosa before her title match revolution. Didn't work out. They became kind of friends. It was weird. Uh, and I hate Mercedes being like the dumb face who never has backup when she's going against the heel with two people in her corner. Uh, but I mean, that is what it is. It's not the biggest gripe, but that's my gripe and I will own it. Yeah. Uh, moving I, th- I, on. Think Br- I, th- I think Britt yep. Baker should just go see the smiling friends, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah. you think it should go. Yeah. You see that show by the way? <laughs> yes, I have. It is oh, fucking nuts. My God. I don't get it. Whatever you do, don't go past the rickety bridge. <laughs> you get lost. <laughs> This show's so weird, but I love that show. God, okay, get back to rest. Ah, damn, we're going so long today. Keith Lee took on and defeated QT Marshall on AEW Rampage. Uh, I have made this point again and again, but QT will be appreciated so much more after he's retired. He can make anyone look good. He knows his role. He shuts his mouth and he does it. And man, uh, his takes on Twitter are also so fucking funny. He's really great on Twitter. Um, QT is so underappreciated, and I hate the QT slander. I I slandered him during the Big Show match at All Out, but yeah, I you mean, freaking he, idiot! And you know what? Me and the me and uh, the the buddies, me and brother, when we went, we we're part of the first inaugural Cutie Marshall section. We were the cuties, okay? We were the Cutie Marshall section at All Out against the Big Show, and we told everybody, if you ain't with it, then you can fucking leave because this is the cutie section. We're a bunch of cuties here. He he understands his role in professional wrestling so well. Uh, a lot of major outlets have said it, but Q 
QT will be again appreciated way more after he's retired and Let's everything go. he can everything he can do for young talent. He puts them over, sells really well. Can hit a diamond cutter like no one else. It's so perfectly well executed. Him, him, and Sean uh, Spears are, are two of the best at what they do. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know that one time we talked about Sean Spears getting squashed. You weren't about it, but you understood and you you respected that. You know he he knows what he has to do and he can do it better than anyone else can. So. I still don't think he should have get squashed, but whatever. <laughs> hey, it is what it is. Respect it. Uh, after the match, Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks came out to lay out. Keith Lee, this is going to be a fucking ha- a hoss off. Keith Lee and Powerhouse stood toe to toe and looked at each other. Man, uh, I wish we got more of it in the in the latter match, but I'm also glad we didn't because their match is going to be fucking nuts. It's it's going to be a hoss off, and I someone's going to die. Basically. And even 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 I know even though I know Hobbs is going to lose because he's going to put over Keith Lee, he's going to come out looking like a million bucks. Oh, for sure. For sure. Everyone, Hobbs is such a future star. Like, taking a loss this early in his career isn't going to be much. It's not going to mean a lot in the long run. It's going to be mm-hmm. really well, well panned out a career for him. And Hobbs uh, your main got, event. Hobbs, oh. Hobbs, uh, I was going to say, Hobbs has got that stiff upper, upper lip look that he does, that snarl. He's got it down to science, man. I love it. Bro, his, <laughs> his double A spine buster is so good. So reminiscent of Triple H and Arn Anderson's. My God, dude. If, if, if anyone uses it for a signature move after Triple H, I'm glad it's Powerhouse because he does it so fucking well. The, the only, I, the only other per, the only other person that yeah, I'm pretty sure the Green Goblin took classes from Will Hobbs <laughs> on how to do a firebomb and how to do a spinebuster because that man is so good, bro. That fight in in if we're going back to Spider Man No Way Home. If you haven't seen it yet, that's your fucking fault. It's been four months almost. Fucking go watch it. When he throws Peter into the ceiling, catches him and spine busters him through nine fucking floors. Holy fuck, what a fight. Dude, for oh. real. God damn. Is that one of the best comic book fights? It has to be, right? That is one of the best comic movies. I mean, I mean, uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man's fight in that one is, is one of the best comic book fights, too. That mm-hmm. one was so it's so easily forgotten because of everything else, of course, <laughs> did, that goes did, on. I'm getting I'm getting pissed because I'm trying to do that quote where Green Goblin's like, "All oh, that power, too weak to take it," and then he fucking. <laughs> oh, what's the, what's the other one he does when he's like, "That's an amazing thing." You that's got sense it. Of that's yours. <laughs> Norman's on sabbatical, honey. <laughs> Norman. <laughs> Norman's on sabbatical, honey. Oh fuck! God, these what a fucking gi- these aren't curses; they're gifts. <laughs> Gods do not ask; they take. Dude, oh, I love William, William Dafoe. Man, is we gotta have a he podcast went, on him. <laughs> he went all out in that fucking role. What a guy! What a guy! Anyway, let, let's 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 finish this off. The main event for AEW Rampage took on Tony Nese, calling out a very new, very debuting. Swerve Strickland, and I have a lot to say about this match. If you don't know Swerve Strickland, Isaiah Swerve Scott in NXT, go look him up. His NXT North American title matches were off the fucking hook. Uh, Tony Nese, go look his matches up in the Cruiserweights in WWE during that time. Uh, the Both of these guys are amazing athletes. They're both so well, I wish they had actual world title runs in wwe it's a it's a shame that they never moved past the cruiserweight 
and North American Championships, respectively. Yeah, this match. Uh, I just want to say Tony Nese deserves Tony. I want to see Tony Nese get a TNT run before this oh, is all it's over. Coming. It's it's gonna come eventually. He's so fucking good. He's so smooth. Everybody forgets that he's not just a powerhouse because of the way he's fucking stacked. The way his abs are stacked on him. He he's so fluid. And this match was a perfect first match for someone. Uh, I know you said you didn't get to catch it. But let me break this down for you, Nathan. Follow me on this. You ready? Mm-hmm. These guys never left second gear, okay? They were keeping it. They were keeping it mellow. They weren't going for a five-star classic at the Tokyo da- the Dome. They were so well in tune with each other that, again, this was a perfect first match for somebody. The beginning of the match was all wrestling holes and mat wrestling, right? Showing off the technical stuff. Then they started moving slowly into the striking. They were they were kicking, chopping real stiff, and then it it finally kicked into a little bit of a higher second gear with the high flying moves. Um, th- this was a perfect all around package to see what both of these guys had. You know, a lot of people haven't seen Tony Nese because he's been doing stuff on Dark. I believe his uh, TNT Championship match against Sammy on, was on Rampage, and that was one of the few times we've seen him on live television. But, uh, man, he reminds you that he is just so good at what he does. And Swerve Strickland, my God, what a star. Just oozes charisma, dude. What what a guy. I'm so mad that Tony Nese lost against Sammy Guevara in that match. (laughs) (laughs) I like Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I like Sammy Guevara. Don't get me wrong. But I want one of these days where they do an open challenge like that and the guy wins in the debut. Like I, I just that's one of my that's one of my AEWs please happen. It would have been perfect. <laughs> it'll it'll mean that. something when it happens. Okay. You ain't ready for it. You ain't ready for the big brain flat Tonya booking that's gonna come at you when that open challenge gets you by surprise. I'm I'm waiting for it, dude. That's a t- Tony Nese I, Tony I, Tony Nese twenty twenty two, baby. I don't wanna see him come up. Yeah, but until I, I, then until then, Nathan, whose house? Swerve's house. Swerve's house, baby. And we'll, 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 we'll see how this goes with the uh, Ring of Honor introduction. Maybe these guys could find some some championship sh- luggage there. But I think Tony Khan said he wants to use his more developmental. But... Yeah, I, I hope we I hope we get to see a lot of the young guns in AEW make big waves. I hope they're the big fish in the little pond in ROH. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they can easily set up like an upper echelon of the the lower echelon of AEW. You know, you got you got your young guys, Lee Moriarty, Wheeler Yuta, um, uh, fucking Tony Nese. Not exactly a young guy in the business, but he he's not on the very upper card of AEW, but he could be the upper card of Ring of Honor and be the proving ground for the newer guys that are coming into Ring of Honor for the developmental stage. A lot, a lot yeah. of cool ways you can play with the Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm a little bit high on Tony Nese, man, but I, I, I want him to get like a prominent title run on TV. Like he has all the I, tools for that. Give me a a, a Tony Nice, uh, Buddy Matthews match in 2023. Give me that. You gave me a good one in WWE, the Cruiserweight Classic. Can we just shout out the Cruiserweight, the the 205 Live? Because man, those guys did everything they could. Everything they put everything into their fucking matches. My they tried, God, to, what they a, tried to make storylines on Twitter, and when it came to random matchups, or it was like, hey, we're gonna have you guys do a match on 205 Live. Uh, here's 10 minutes, whatever. 
throw, they, they give kill them throwaway it. matches and they kill it. They make stories about it. They put promos on Twitter. They did everything that they could to try to make people watch 205 Live, but WWE failed them. One of the best matches in all of WWE was Buddy Matthews, uh, known as Buddy Murphy, taking on Mustafa Ali in 205 Live. One of Dude, the best dope. matches. That was a banger. Fucking free Ali, am I right? I I, yeah, I think I, yeah, 100%. Sasha Banks tweeted again. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Uh, last on the run of show we got, fuck, we've been going for about two hours at this point. Uh, let's talk about St. Patrick's Day Slam, baby. Coming up this Wednesday, 316, motherfuckers. The, the, the glorious days of, of wrestling. Your AEW Dynamite St. Patrick's Day Slam card is as follows, uh, at least announced so far. John Moxley and Brian Danielson will be teaming up again to take on the team of Chuck Taylor and Wheeler Yuta. And those two boys are going to fucking die to violence. I, I hope John Moxley chops Wheeler Yuta's heart into his fucking nutsack, because that's going to be fucking nuts to see. What? You know what I'm saying? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna see there. we're also gonna see every title holder in a some sort of match which i'm very excited for we're gonna get the six-man tag team match we talked about earlier uh oh actually we didn't talk about the premise of this but hangman adam page will team your aew world champion hangman adam page will team with the aew world tag team champions jungle boy and luchasaurus to take on the trio of adam cole bobby fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Earlier in Dynamite, Adam Cole was teasing that he was going to choose the Young Bucks to take on uh, Hangman. Uh, he said that, you know, it's the best tag team in the world. Uh, two guys you know very well. Two young guys. Young Bucks. Get it? Um, and then in, in a backstage promo, the Young Bucks said, again, they reminded Adam Cole they want nothing to do with Hangman. They said, we don't need to do that. Adam Cole showed his frustration and said, fuck you guys. I wasn't even talking about you. I was talking about Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And Kyle O'Reilly, proving he has the comedic chops of John Cena in Hollywood, looks at them, <laughs> looks at the Young Bucks and says, how selfish of you guys. <laughs> I love Kyle. I love Kyle O'Reilly. God damn. Oh, did you watch Peacemaker, by the way? Let's talk about John Cena real quick. No, I didn't watch Peacemaker, but I, I heard how he said, yeah, Ukraine could use some peacekeeping right now. Shut the fuck up. Did... Do you care about spoilers for Peacekeeper? Can I tell you something that was so fucking funny? Yeah, spoiler. I saw a scene where John Cena like yelled at this old man. <laughs> oh no. Okay, so, so the last the last the last scene of the show. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Pe Peacemaker's walking off the beach after after taking down the bat the big bat of the show, right? Doesn't matter. And who fucking shows up on on this desert sandland but the fucking Justice League? What the fuck? They show the silhouettes of Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and Aquaman. And because Sean Gunn has the biggest dick, I guess, in all of Hollywood and can do whatever the fuck he wants, he had Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller actually stand in and give lines. Uh, John Cena fucking yells at them. He says, oh, way to show up late, assholes. He looks at Aquaman and says, why don't you go fuck another fish, you asshole? And Aquaman Jason Momoa says, I'm real sick and tired of that fucking rumor. Ezra Miller responds, it's not a rumor. And Jason Momoa just looks at him and says, fuck you, Barry. It's so fucking good. <laughs> this, and fun fact, this is a little fun story. Uh, Sean, 
uh, he was James Gunn wasn't even on set uh, when they filmed this. Uh, Jason Momoa and Ezra Miller showed up during Marvel time for Guardians of the Galaxy three that's being filmed, and that's where they filmed it. They filmed a DC fucking footage for the HBO Max show uh, while they were filming a Marvel movie. Because James Gunn, I guess, can just do again. He has the biggest dick in Hollywood and can just do whatever he wants and swing it wherever he wants. Man, it's fucking I'm, crazy. I'm, I'm, I might need to watch Peacekeeper, but like I, I, I know, I know DC's been a lot of stinkers lately, but I have a lot of hope for the DC universe. And quite honestly, I might piss off some people here, but I kind of like some DC storylines more than I do. I don't know. I've always liked DC comics a little bit more than Marvel in terms of storylines, but. There's there's some there's some things and and uh, you know I like I, I, fuck <laughs> I, I, I I like DC more right now than I do Marvel to be honest with you in terms of like storylines and stuff but the MCU yeah, you is like king the, right you like, now you like the dumbass anti life equation I hate it when they fucking introduce that dude I love the Batman who laughs oh my god give me that in the DC universe please give me that They're right not. now the bat the bat who laughs is give probably me, one of the best give me give me give me a good Ebert Thawne but, uh, uh, like on a CW show, he did so amazing. But give me him on a big screen, Ebert Thawne. Give me nah, Professor it's a, it's Zoom. A few, it's a few more, a uh, few more years of Battinson, which I'm not gonna complain about. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. But anyway, it, let's talk about that. Uh, you oh. know, where, where where are we going next? Week? Yeah, oh, oh, we, we got be next week. Ah. Hold on, we got two more matches. Yeah, two more matches. Sorry. Uh, God damn, we really got away from that. Uh, your last two matches so far announced is a TNT Championship match where the face of the Revolution Wardlow. We'll be cashing in the brass ring to challenge Scorpio Sky, the former face of the revolution, which, as me and Nathan predict, Wardlow's going to get fucked over by Sean Spears, not even MJF, because MJF doesn't give a fuck that much about Wardlow. And Wardlow's going to be set on the warpath to finally get his hands on Max and powerbomb him through heaven and earth. going to be great. I love that baby face Wardlow. It's his world, baby. We're just living in it. And finally, your main event. For AEW Dynamite St. Patrick Day Slam in San Antonio, Texas. The AEW Women's World Championship will be decided in a steel cage match. Which, by the way, I love the redesign. I don't like the four testicles in the corners of the belt right now. But it's a very fucking good looking belt. Uh, Dr. Britt, Day, uh, Britt Baker. Fuck, I'm tired. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. You're reigning and defending champion. will take on the hometown woman, La Mera Mera herself, Thunder Rosa. And this will be Thunder Rosa's crowning achievement as she can host, like, hoist up that beautiful belt in front of her hometown fans, in front of her son and her husband, which I will assume will be sitting front row. And it's going to be loud as fuck in that arena, and I am so excited for it. I got Big Red and Babacore on deck for that win, baby. <laughs> Woo! It is going down this Wednesday, and I... God damn, dude, I... There's always a nice feeling of like jitters and excitement when AEW comes to town, and I'm I'm just so excited for this show. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, man, I'm really excited. I can't wait to talk about it. I'm bringing like four or five friends with me. Uh, two of them who are kind of not even Laps fans are kind of just like, yeah, we know WWE. We saw it back then. You know, my uh, buddy uh, named Sasuus. He always talks about Macho Man. And and Hulk and meme you know with memes and stuff, but I generally hope they enjoy it and they have a really good oh, time. And for also, sure. uh, 
Buddy Bianca's going as well with her brother. So shout out to you if you, if you made it this far <laughs> outside of us, Randy. Oh, I know. But I hope God all damn. of y'all have a great time because I think it's her. All It's all these people's first AEW shows and it's like what are like fifth or sixth. Or yeah, it's, it's it's up there. Like, like man, again, my fiance Annie, when she first got into wrestling, she never thought she'd be this deep. Our first show together for AEW was Fighter Fest where Darby Allen took on Ethan Page in the coffin match. And she's never had more fun. That might have been the best first show for anybody I've ever been to in my years of attending shows. Because, man, AEW just moves at a clip, and it's so much fun. Especially when you're around fans who who let themselves be immersed in that world, you know? There's no smarks. I mean, there's always smarks, of course. But, I mean, when the, the atmosphere of AEW is just so special, and it's just so much fun that it doesn't matter. You're just into the wrestling world for those... Uh, three, four hours, whatever it may be. It's great. It's a fun time. Yeah, just go. Don't don't try to get yourself over. Don't be that guy. Just go and have fun and immerse yourself. Like Kyle said, like, you know, it's so different when you actually go to a wrestling show versus when you're watching on TV, especially like, like, I have a feeling that once they're there, they're going to like it and they're going to be like, hey, this is pretty cool. Or like, they're going to get into it and stuff, especially if it's a banger of a show, which I'm hoping, I'm really hoping that they come out and, this isn't like one of their slow episodes. Like this is, this is the shit episode. Like this is like yeah. No, I mean the they've momentum. never, they've hardly never like I I can't remember a special themed AEW that flopped. If it's if it's a slow burn episode, it's normally just a random Wednesday night dynamite. But this is St. Patrick's Day Slam, baby. The last year St. Patrick's Day Slam was the lights out match with Britt and Thunder Rosa. So if this is half of the show that one was, I mean we're in for a treat, baby. Yeah, man, I'm just, I just really want this to be, like, a great show where these guys are like, hey, man, you know what, let me know next time AEW's in town, like, even if they say, you know what, I'm not going to watch it every week or whatever, but the next time it comes in town, I'll go watch it, and they'll be like, hey, you know what, next time it's in town, man, let's go, like, I'll buy tickets, like, it was badass last time we went, like, I don't want you to keep up with the product and stuff, because, you know, <laughs> this is, like, one of my favorite animes, wrestling's my favorite anime, but, you know, like, if AEW comes to town, these dudes want to go and they're, they're, they're like ready to catch it again. Like, that's what I would love, man. Like, just, I mean, like, for them to be like, hey, you know what? I, you know, I don't really watch wrestling, but yeah, have fun, AEW, dude. Like, maybe I might give it a shot or whatever. Or, hey, you know what? Go check it out. It was, oh, I, I'm not a wrestling fan, but, you know, I think if you, you're a last fan, I mean, that's what I want. I want them to enjoy it enough to be like, hey, and spread the word or like, at least want to go again and stuff. I'm I'm right there with you. If uh if you remember our our uh quote unquote, you know, third co-host DJ, uh we had him on last week. Uh me and me him and uh, my fiance Annie are going to the Houston show uh I believe in May. We just got tickets for that and that's going to be DJ's first AEW show and he he messaged us today in our in our group chat and he was like, "Hey, if if CM Punk shows up in any capacity like this is gonna be my first time seeing CM Punk since he saw him at WrestleMania 25, where he won his second Money in the Bank ladder match. And like DJ's gonna cry his eyes out. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he said. He said he said if I see CM Punk, I'm gonna fucking cry, because that was so fucking long ago. And he's been such a lapsed fan on mainstream wrestling, and I'm I'm just so excited that this is gonna be a show for him to finally be in. It's so immersed into it again. I'm very excited. It's AEW so fucking fun live, dude. God damn. Four more days, baby. Four more days. Such good shit.
or I guess two days on, on the, if the day you're hearing this, if you hear it on Monday. So two more days. It's going to be fun, though. So excited. Such good shit. Oh, hey, look at that. We reached two hours on the recording. <laughs> Ooh, have we had a two-hour episode before? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think our longest one is the Hangman one. That was, yeah, god damn, we, let's do another one of those. That was one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah, that was pretty long, bro. We'll, yeah, we'll, no, we'll, we'll, was... yeah we'll, we'll talk about that offline because we got to wrap it up here, baby. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, okay, that. so that's, this is going to be our record longest one. The first, the first Hangman Tale, episode six. Wow, that was so long ago. In October? What the fuck? Holy shit, we've been doing this shit since September. Wow. Uh, hour and 50. This is definitely going to beat that easily. Oof. Jesus Christ. What happened to us? Look at it. Our first episode was an hour and three minutes. Good wrestling. Yeah. You know what? Fair. Fair. Hell yeah, baby. Well, uh, I mean, that's all I got. Unless you want to talk about Star Wars, you can just send us on home, baby. Nah. You send us on home. I'm, I, you know, you do it for a change. You got you to gotta keep oh. yourself warmed up. Dog, my throat is burning. It hurts. Anyway, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to another installment of Missing the Marks, the podcast where Nathan and Kyle come around to talk about their fiancés. Well, only one of us has a fiancé, so suck that one. Talk about Star Wars. I gotta uh, do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get in my jazz where I dude, can, dude, baby. Yeah, you were, dude, dude, like, every, like, you oh were ribbing second. me hard earlier on Star all, Wars. Like, here's the thing, dude, because I'm like the only single guy at all my friend groups. Oof. And most of my friend groups, like I, like all the people I was hanging out with today, like I was like the seventh, seventh man out, and they're like, yeah, what's uh, they're they're ragging me about, like yeah, we're, was, uh, it's gonna be like when we're getting the check for the bill, like uh, all the couples, and then the single guy right here, and I'm just like, fuck all <laughs> and of y'all, fuck, and that fucker by himself over there in the corner, <laughs> man, fuck all of y'all. That's why I'm going home to sh- to my cat. I was gonna say you gotta show you, it's fine, but anyway, that's Nathan. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, I hope it's for the wrestling, but if it's not, you're listening to it for our takes on the 2016 movie, Sully, Dak Prescott, the Batman, GMC, Yukons. I forgot that was the episode. <laughs> uh, our bad takes on Star Wars, our, our, our takes on Metal Gear Solid. God, we talk about a lot of bullshit on this podcast, but, uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. It means the world. Uh, I love doing this. I'll never get tired of doing this. I don't think Nathan pushed me close to the edge with this one with the Star Wars rant. That was infuriating to listen to. Uh, on be what? You're dumb. No bitch. Gotta hate. Gotta hate doing this podcast again. But uh, that's all for me. I've been talking a lot this episode. Nathan, what do you got to say to the people listening? The prequel's better than the sequel and the, the OG trilogy because oh, it's. Some things are immutable. Hmm. You need to you need to stop with this bad take. I hate this take so much. There, there ain't no bad take. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you all next week with another installment of Missing the Marks. Check us out on Instagram, MTMS Pod. Uh, I'm sure Nathan and myself will be uploading stuff from AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, we won't post spoilers for Rampage. Uh, that's fucked up. Don't post spoilers. Oh yeah, and... no, we, actually, we were actually going to because the last time. The, the last time we no okay of, uh, the last time one of us went to a show and he was like I'm gonna upload and I'm gonna do this he put one freaking picture listen, listen. Nah, that was, was winter I, I, is coming 
I'm that was winter is coming. I'm coming through. We're coming through this time around. You're going to get the sneaky You're peaks. You're going to get the ringside views. Kyle, we're both sitting in different sections. So you do one angle, I'll do the other. And bam, 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 we got it. Mm-hmm. All right, baby. Hey, listen, I was exhausted after the Hangman Danielson one-hour match, okay? You can't blame me. I was so dead tired after that. I couldn't function, all right? My kidneys were on fire. I don't know what happened. But Sounds like anyway, dialysis is what you needed or something. <laughs> I was going to say that I couldn't fucking think of the word. My brain is so tired. Another little peek behind the curtain, ladies and gentlemen. It's 1147 at night. It's daylight savings today, so it's pretty soon we're going to be closer to 3 o'clock than 2 o'clock. And it pisses me off. Fucking who the fuck thought of daylight savings time, Nathan? Are we lose an hour? It's going to be yeah, 1 in the morning? Spring, it's spring forward, bitch, not fall back idiot god damn it who thought of this the fucking riddler vince mcmahon this (laughs) riddle me this batman if quizzes are quizzical what are tests bruce bruce Bruce. (laughs) nathan say bye Way, Bruce. Say bye. What are you doing, Bruce? Way. That I'm keeping all. This. I'm keeping. I'm keeping all of this Dude, in. That, that whole ending. That whole part. That, that that whole jail scene was so intense. I was like, does he know he's Bruce? <laughs> oh, oh what an episode! What a movie! God damn! Mm-hmm. I'm gonna watch it again. Say goodbye, Nathan. Fuck. Bye. Have a good night. Y'all take care. See y'all when we see y'all. Stay. I'm. I'm trying to invade another world right now and go grow up some people with my yeah, big okay, old two Russia. swords. Big old two swords. Now I ain't sitting there. I'm not <laughs> sitting here with my finger up my ass like I'm a military convoy stuck outside Kiev, not moving. Okay, you know I'm actually going somewhere. How long is our outro? We've been trying to outro this for like ten minutes. Say goodbye to the people. No, mamas. I said goodbye like twice. Y'all have a good. <laughs> Bye. Y'all take care. All right. Bye. <laughs>